Okay, we're recording talk. Talk, 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 That works. Okay. What you want to talk? Tacos. Talk about. Talk about. Tacos. Tacos. Yeah, tacos. Tacos can be good. Yeah, tacos are good. Yeah. I tell you what, that I I I was surprised by how good uh, a breakfast uh, burrito taco is. Okay. Uh, I, I I definitely, uh, that took burrito me by surprise. Burrito or taco? I, 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 I think it was a breakfast taco. Okay. okay. Uh, egg and stuff. I mean, it was, I, I went to this place near the border, mm-hmm. Mexico. I got to tell you, delicious. Just absolutely delicious. Just, just, I was just like, and cheap. Wait, was delicious this week cheap? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. so, I was like, I didn't know you went to anywhere this week. No, no. It was a couple of uh, couple of years ago. I, I went and I stopped by this place. For, you know, they, my brother took me to this place. Uh, delicious. Just, just. I, I, I was just, I was just surprised. I, I, I had not had one before, <laughs> and I was like a little bit. Mm. And then I had it, and I was like, oh yeah, this works. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah. So anyway, so tacos. Yeah, and um, I, I don't, I don't, I, I didn't have to post two hundred and fifty million dollars bond to be here today. Good, that's good. good. I'm glad. Yes, yeah. that's, that's, that's that's always a plus. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, so uh, I mean, you know, so that's that's good. I mean. Shall we start? Sure. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, December 24th, 2022 at 3.14 UTC. So that means it's pie o'clock on Christmas Eve. And Yvonne once again can not remember the mute button. Pie! Pie! (laughs) Apple pie! Apple pie. Indeed. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So we're here. We're here wow. again. Um, the plan is just we're going to. Uh, uh, you never understand. <laughs> you know, I the other day, I'm not sure <laughs> why Siri keeps doing this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, not, not, not just to us, but in general. <laughs> I was listening to a TV program. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. I think it was on Bloomberg. Where yeah. all of a sudden Siri just went off and did that. Well, you know, the thing that I've noticed a couple times and uh, oh, plan, we're doing but first, then we'll do a segment on tech and then we'll do a segment on politics and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. With that out of the way, and I guess we're starting our but first, or maybe this could be tech since we're talking about Siri, but I've noticed a couple times when I have been on conference calls and then I look down at my watch or my phone. And I noticed that Siri has been listening and transcribing like the last several minutes. Oh God, I've call. seen. Oh God, yes, I've seen that too happen. 
and then like I, a text message of some sort. Yeah, and, and then I'm like, oh, oh shit, you shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> and then wait, you're transcribing everything into a goddamn text message. <laughs> I don't know who. Stop! No! No! Exactly. It's like, you know, I don't know what the hell I was just talking about or the other people talking we're talking about on the call, but I'm pretty damn sure it shouldn't be like texted to like random people. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> oh, geez. Um, anyway, um, but first, um, I, I you know, I, I'm going to mention a couple quickies. And then I think I'm going to do a damn movie, okay, for my butt first. Because it's it's been a while again since I've done that. And, you know, so, but the quickie's real first. Real first. Um, first. So, first of all, just as a follow-up for last week, um, yes, we, you know, we followed through on what I said was going to happen with my dog, Miley. I'm not going to talk about it here. I did a post on my website. If you want to read more, go to ablesmay.com. Uh, the latest post is uh, Goodnight Miley, talks a little bit about Miley and what we did on the last day and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, Alex planned the whole thing, and it was actually a, uh, you know the best last day you could probably have. So it went you know, as good as you could for that kind of thing. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Go to the website if you want to uh, see more. Do, do, do. San didn't do it. So for anybody new here, I'll spell up Bulsme so you can get to his website. It is A-B-U-L-S-M-E. That's A-B-U-L-S-M-E. And then, of course, for the website, ad.com. Do, do, do. Um, and uh, then also, um, you know, I mentioned several times last week, and I'm going to mention several times again this week, uh, the Google Doc for questions or things you would like us to predict on We've next gotten week's We've gotten a lot predictions. of feedback. We, we have gotten a lot. So I, I was going to say that. Thanks, we, guys. We, we already have questions from Jonathan, from James R., from and from R.M., um, I think I caught everybody there. Uh, there was there was one uh, question that like nobody signed, you know. So if you if you were the one who didn't sign a question, you know, go back and fix that so we know who to, you know, whatever. But for anybody else, uh, if you have things you would like us to pontificate about next week when we do our predictions for 2023, I like us pontificating. I oh my god, I haven't used that word in a while. That that sounds brilliant for us <laughs> pontificating yes Indeed. my big pope hat and <laughs> you know the stick I, you know i should have that should be there should be a picture of the prediction show of us dressed in pope garb you know when you talk about that all i can think about is guido sarducci on yeah, saturday night perfect. or Guido sarducci that's not a bad alternative as well well didn't he eventually become pope of his own religion or something in one of those skits i don't know I, it's I, a I, bit I, a long time maybe dog. but you know that sounds good i like it anyway um we, like i said thank you for all of you who have already added things that you want us to predict but there i know there are a bunch of you out there who have ideas about this so please uh you can join us to the url once again is tinyurl.com slash 2023 cc and i'll mention that you know a couple more times before the end of the show but there it is 
Excuse me. Hold on. I'll mention that a couple more times before. The, uh, the, uh, I'll mention that a couple. <laughs> I'll, thank you, Yvonne. I'll mention that a couple more. I'll mention that a couple more times before the end of the show. Uh, so go there and uh, fig- figure figure that out. Add questions, add whatever. And, you know, we will undoubtedly add some of our standard things, too, that we always ask every year. But I'm loving having all the suggestions from other yes, people. Yes, yes. It, it'll, it'll switch it up. Completely, oh, yeah. Especially because I'm getting some questions over here that I'm, I mean, <laughs> I have, I'll, I'll. I'll I'll answer. I'll, I'll make a prediction. Not, yes, I, I don't. I, I mean, we're going to make some predictions. I don't but care we what will the hell have the question. No is. idea what it's about. Right. Correct. Yeah, that, but we'll make a damn prediction. Of course, of course, we will. Uh, guarantee you that. <laughs> and I'll also guarantee once again that Fidel will be dead. Uh, y- yes. Yes. Uh, and uh, I'll do that. I'll, I'll preview that. Yes. And I. I I and I really, again. really, really hope you will yes. be right on that one. Because, because if, if you are not, alive, shit, we got a lot of problems. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's the rapture, you know, finally. What, what the hell? I don't know. Which year was it that we were supposed to be all destroyed? Oh, happen? pretty much every year. Somebody. A couple, this well, the ones happened. with the predictions, the one they made that movie, uh, I think it was 2012 where they made that movie that we're all going to die. You know, the planet's like, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'm not sure I could say every year I've heard these things, but at least every few years. Well, it hasn't been as intense lately. You know, there were some of these that were like some kind of like a biblical, religious, theological prediction of some kind some people you know i don't know sometime in the 2000s whatever um you know almost nostradamus by the way if i remember correctly there was a movie i saw when i was uh i'm pretty sure like 10 11 or 12 about nostradamus's predictions yeah okay yeah. all right and you know i mean he i i think he he predicted something about the end of the earth in the year 3000 something mm-hmm. so we're still a ways off from that I mean, we're not going to live a thousand years. I don't think. I speak for yourself. Well, you know, look, if you'll hang out that long, I'll I'll try to figure out a way to stick around. <laughs> I mean, if we can, I mean, what the hell? I mean, I don't know. but uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, we may be, I mean, Jesus, we're curmudgeons now. My God. Can you imagine if we were sticking around for year 500? What, what 500? the hell are we going to be complaining about? Yeah. I mean, if we're 500 years old. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. So so not the year 500, but like 2500 no, no, no. or something. Yes, right. Exactly. Oh, my God. The kind of bitching and moaning we'd be doing well, would be uh, epic. Imagine it, right now if we were if we had been born in 1022 <laughs> and we're already a thousand years old, the kind of stuff we'd be complaining about, you know. Jesus. I remember when the fucking Normans invaded England. <laughs> And it was not like they do it today. It's it was not so like much it better. at all. Yes. <laughs> Whatever happened with those damn ships that we, you know, that we sailed around with just the damn sails? We fired cannons, you know, across. And we had these battles that were real battles, not this nonsense with missiles and 
harpoon, torpedo. What is this crap? Exactly. Cruise missiles. What the hell's that? Give me a damn cannon. Beautiful, Yvonne. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to do a movie. Are you going to do a movie? Ooh. I'm going to do a movie. And the the one that is the oldest on my list right now um, is I, I watched it back in August, and it is called The Mitchells versus the Machines. The Mitchells, the Mitchells, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Okay, and it is um, it originally came out in twenty twenty one, but I guess I guess I. Uh, yeah, you know, it came out in 2021. It took me a while to get to it. It was it was released on Netflix. Okay, so this was a, a a Netflix movie here in the U.S. I guess elsewhere. Well, I don't know. It looks like maybe it was in theaters somewhere, but you know how it's been the last few years. Who the fuck? Yeah, whatever. Um, uh, uh, so uh, here, the film was originally planned to be released theatrically by Sony Pictures. Uh, in 2020, but because of the pandemic, Sony sold the distribution rights to Netflix outside of China. Um, da, da, da. It went to limited release in theaters April 2021 and began streaming a week later. So, okay. So, I can't imagine very many people saw this thing in the theaters, but it was on Netflix. And I like, you know, it was one of the ones that Netflix like promotes, like Suggested. when you go into Netflix oh, app promoted. and it's like the big, like, front screen at least when we were logging in on my son's account because I, I have to i have to admit i i you know i don't watch any of those none of them well I'll you be, know not, not. i i kept first of all it it, it is sort of it, it's no, one I, of these like all all ages family movies right so oh, it was, i i get that i mean we had the other day there was one and i think we tried to watch it like a couple of minutes in I'm like, oh, let's just watch Law and Order. I don't like this. Yeah. So, so anyway, the, like the point was, when we were logged in with my son's account, it would be coming up as a suggestion all the time, and he didn't want. Okay. To watch it. He did not want to watch. It. He he wants to watch the same things over and over again. And every we'll we can get him to watch new things, but he will always resist for like the first two or three minutes, and then like, and then he's entranced and watches the whole damn thing. But yeah, it sounds like just like my son. Yeah. So, in any case, um. He didn't want to watch it, but I I would watch like it would play the little trailer for it. I was like, that looks cute. And one time I started it and like got through the first five minutes or so. But then he like was like, no, I'm not doing this right now. And we turned it off. And but eventually I turned it on and we watched the whole thing. And um, the quick synopsis, okay, is that the main character is a teenage aspiring like filmmaker like she's a she's applying to film schools to go to college and stuff like that and uh she's getting ready to go and there's some family drama she's got a little brother her dad doesn't understand her all this kind of stuff uh but meanwhile while this is going on like uh they're doing a they're going to do a road trip to take her to college okay but meanwhile there's like this technology guy who's like obviously like modeled off of Steve Jobs or something. Okay. Um, except he he's made this new, we, well, we were talking about Siri, this new virtual assistant named pal, who's basically okay. a Siri, Siri clone. Okay. But of course, Siri turns evil and tries to take over the planet. 
<laughs> it does. Except it's not Siri, it's pal, right? But it's it's Siri. Um, you know, and um so the next generation of this virtual assistant is like an actual like household robot thing. And so they it uses this network of robots to try to take over the world and capture all the humans. It's it's gonna capture all the humans and send them into space so the robots can take over, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that that's just I mean, slight spoilers there, but that's all spoilers for like the first 15 minutes of the movie, right? Then the rest of the movie is this family are like the last humans left that haven't been captured and they have to like battle the artificial intelligence thing in order to like, you know, save the world. And, uh, and you know, it's a family movie, so you can guess how it ends, <laughs> but, uh, here's the thing. I, I, I enjoyed the whole damn thing. It, it was oh, good. It was funny. It was cute. Uh, it had interesting characters like, you know, that, the, the you know the the family and of course it's it's like the family showed some diversity so of course like conservatives are going to hate it but like you know uh, but uh, but no it was it, it was fun it was cute I laughed a lot you know and, and as is typical for these kinds of things it's not like you know high drama whatever blah 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 it was nominated for a best animated feature at the academy awards it lost to encanto so um but uh and it was um it did get best animated features at something called the annie awards which i guess is just for animated movies um but uh it was a lot of fun you know, it was, wasn't too serious, wasn't too whatever, but you know, it was fun. It was a good thing to watch with, you know, watch with the family. Again, it's an all ages thing so that, you know, the kids will like it, but the adults won't be like, oh my God, this is so stupid. I hate it. You know, it, it's, it's aimed at everybody and it, uh, it, it worked well. I, I enjoyed it. It was a, a thumbs up. I recommend the Mitchells versus the machines, which I'm sure you can still find on, uh, on Netflix, um, you know, some of the, yeah, it's, it's got a few names that you might yeah, recognize, yeah. you know, in the cast, but, uh, uh, but that doesn't really matter. It's an, it's an animated picture and it's fun. That's all. Nope. Okay. It's got some stupid robots, you know, it's got, it's got a cameo by a Furby. Um, you know, it, it's got Furby, Furby. It's got a cameo by a Furby. Wow. Yeah. So it's fun. Okay. Well, Thumbs sounds up. good. Thumbs up. Okay. All right. And especially if you have kids, it's good to watch with kids. You know, it, 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 I mean, you, you'll enjoy it as, adult, as an adult anyway, but it's aimed at one of the, as one of these movies where you got the whole family, you got some kids, you got some adults, you're munching on some popcorn, whatever. It's fun. That's it. Wild, wild stuff. Do you remember who said that? That was a Johnny Carson bit. Yes, he, it is. He was not in this movie, but Conan O'Brien was. Oh, well, there you go. Well, it's a, a successor. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I mean, it, it, you know, not a direct success. Well, actually, what am I talking about? Yes, he was. Uh, right. He was After a Leno. direct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was direct su- su- successor. Okay. All right. So uh, since we're Your in uh, entertainment genre. Yes. Um. Uh, I decided, uh, so uh, about 
four years ago, um, uh, a company, you know, that delivers goods that some people that we know are employed here, mm, but also mm. have some kind of uh, video offering uh, yeah, of some okay. sort. Yes, yes. Um, uh, 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 did a two seasons in 2018 and 2019 of a series called Jack Ryan. Okay, based on Tom Clancy's right. Um, uh, Jack Ryan character. It's not based on any of the books. It, it's completely, um, you know, uh, you know, the same characters, but uh, completely different. Um, but but scenarios. Season, season three is going to be based on one of the books. Uh I I just watched th- that. That's they just released season three. On December 21st. And I saw that it was on. And look, I I I liked I I I I read most of I'm not I didn't read all of them, but almost I I read a couple of of them many years ago. Many, many. Yeah, I I read I I read almost all of the 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 Tom Clancy uh, Jack Ryan novels that involve Jack Ryan. So I I do like the character very much. I've watched, I think, almost all the movies. Some have been good. Some have been terrible. I mean, oh, my God, there was one recently that was terrible. Um, But this series was really good. Okay, Hmm. the first two seasons. Okay, I really liked it. Um, But season three. So season three got delayed like three years. Hmm. Okay, because of the pandemic. undoubtedly. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was like shit, man. I mean, really. You know, because the first season came out, uh, season one, October 2019, and then the next one, um, wait, it was October 2019, season two, first one is August 2018, so they were pretty relatively close, you know, about a year apart. This is like three years later. Um, So it came on yesterday. I started watching it, and I have to admit, I could not. You could not continue? No, the opposite. I oh, I I, I had to. Uh, I could not stop. I'm like, oh fuck, great. How many episodes of this there are? Shit, what time is it? <laughs> oh fuck me. There were there I were eight episodes this. in season three. Yeah, I basically wound up finishing binge watching the whole thing at four thirty in the morning. Okay, <laughs> so I think that you I, liked season three. <laughs> I liked season three. Definitely. Um, it, 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 now, there is a caveat. The endings on the previous two were really good. Episode one through six of this one were very good. And truth is, they could have figured out a way to wrap it up after episode six. Mm. They kind of scratched it, it out. Seven and eight. And that was. Ugh. It, it it was it, the last episode was not that good. Okay, the the final one, mm-hmm. but it was really good. Um, one through six. I mean, it was cliffhanging good. Okay, um, so uh, and and I guess if they're saying it's based on a Jack, it, it was based on a novel. Well, I I guess it was or based maybe a little bit on the sum of all fears. Okay, no, no, the, no, 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 no. Because what I've heard, though, is that there's going to be a season based on Hunt for Red October. So if that wasn't this season, it must be season four. OK, then it might be season four, because, well, I do think they did drew some elements from 
uh, some of all fears Mm -hmm. into season three because there was uh, spoilers, you know, there, there was stuff related to a nuclear device in it. Um, not the same thing, not the same plot line as in, uh, some of all fears, because some of all fears, uh, involved a nuclear device that was obtained by, um, it, 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 you know, from a bomb that was created by Israel that used plutonium that was from the U S apparently that was stolen from the U S at some point. Um, and then that it was set off. Uh, in the book, it was set off in uh, the Super Bowl in Denver. Okay, and apparently, because it wasn't set up, it wasn't the the bomb. They had the bomb maker was killed in the process of doing it. Um, uh, it it, uh, it 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 was a fizzle, is what they called. So it wasn't the full nuclear detonation, but still caused a lot of damage. Um, and the, the book was really good. So there was a nuclear element to this, but it was not, this was, it was not, not like that. Um, but part of the themes were because in the sum of all fears, uh, the theme was that it almost set off a war between the U S and Russia. So there was certain themes around that in this one. It was good. Look, I, I, I have to say, um, you know, uh, what's his name from, um, the office. That uh, John Krasinski, that plays uh, Jack Ryan, does a really good Jack Ryan. I, I, I'm like, you wouldn't think from being that doofus in The Office that he could play uh, a straight up uh, action star, mm. and he does it really well. Actually, he does it really, really well. He's done it at all. Three, I really have liked it. Uh, I, I binged it last night. Finished it at four thirty. Yeah, the the last that I dragged into it was eh, okay. But it, it nevertheless, it the one through six was so thrilling that uh it gets a th- thumbs up in my book still. Okay. It, it, it just it just kinda it kind of botched the end somehow, but but not in a way that it made it a disaster. Okay. All right. As okay. A, yeah, as I mean big... I, I I hate it when they when you have like a really good show and then they just kill the ending. Like it's just, they, they flop on the end. Yeah. You know, and I, I mentioned, you know, that there was a, the, 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 not one series, but the series of series is that start with troll hunter that I watched uh, with my son where the very last thing at the end, I was like, really? You ended it really? like this, that? This is how we ended yeah, I mean, I I loved almost all of the series, although I thought it it sort of started high and like the the later the later shows were not quite as good as the first one, but they were still pretty good. But then they had like this finale movie, and it to me it just fell completely flat, and I hated the way they ended it. And I'm well, just like, really? And I know so a lot many of things. The finales are disasters. And, and I I have not watched the end of Game of Thrones yet, but I know everybody complains about the last season. I well, I have not watched this. Well, I have not watched any episode of Game of Thrones, so I'm 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 I'm, I'm worse off than you are. But for example, I, I was just thinking, you know, the Seinfeld finale was, yeah, mm-hmm. come on, this is this is is, I mean, yeah, 
that was not good. I still remember that, uh, you know, another series that, you know, probably like overstayed its existence like three or four years, Miami Vice. The finale was just so bad. I mean, well, the, the last season was 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 beyond bad. And then the finale was just, you know, you know, piling bad upon bad, you know, mm-hmm. at that point. It, it's just it, and so many and like that. There was there was a soap opera. I still remember my my wife uh, was watching and I wound up watching some of it. And I it was a Mexican one called uh, Destilando Amor. Distilling love. Okay. Okay. All right. It was it was about a tequila rich family and some guy in love with his poor girl. I don't know stuff. Anyway, there was a whole bunch of pretty cool. St- I, I actually there were some episodes that kind of was kind of cool and it dragged me into it a little bit, a little bit. But I was like, okay, this is the problem with these soaps is it because the episodes are daily. They really, really drag out everything. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's just everything, you know, something should be resolved. Oh, okay. We found a guy. We shot him. Okay. Done. No. Well, we opened here. Then he wasn't there. Then it's over there. Then over there. And then they drag it and drag it and drag it. And then at some point, I think after I, I watched a couple of episodes, I said, well, this is the same shit every day. I, I think what, you know, three weeks later. So. They still haven't found a murderer? Yeah. No. Oh, they're still looking for him in the same place. Oh, the same fucking place they were looking for him three weeks ago. Oh, that's great. And so it dragged on like this for months. And then the last episode, which I do think they did make it a two-hour final finale. Everything happened in the finale. They got the, the, the evil people were jailed. One guy was dead. The good people were married. The inheritance was found. I mean, it's like, shit, he just dragged this out for six months and then resolved everything in two hours. Okay. Uh, those are, I mean, those, I don't understand. I mean, they're so annoying. But of course, look, I talk about that. We still got some soap operas still going here in the U.S., right? That is, they're going for how long? I mean, what's the, what's the longest running soap opera? We got going on right now. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, there, there are many decades. A lot of the ones that had been going since the 1920s have a- actually like petered out in the last decade or two. Uh, so some of those really long going ones have died. But I don't know. There, uh, yes, they have lasted for. I mean, some of the some of these things started in radio before television. Right, even right, existed. right. Exactly. Yes, and they they put them on TV. That's right. Yeah. And they're dragging them around for like decades and decades. I mean, you know, so yeah, I guess it's not, you know, you know, not that bad, I guess. Uh, Let's see. List of longest running television shows. So wait, so General General Hospital, uh, longest running American soap opera in production, second in American history after Guiding Light. Um, So, so it um, is Guiding Light still on? uh, I think that. This is uh, the reason it's uh, Guiding Light stopped. So Guiding Light was started on radio in 1952 and went on and went was on radio from 1952 to 1956 and then TV 1952 to 2009, 18,262 episodes. Um. General Hospital um, is still going. 
started okay. started in 1963. Um, okay. And uh, shit. Yeah, so that, that's that's six. That's, that'll be 60 years pretty soon. Yeah. So so Guiding Light has more episodes total, but it ended in 2009. So General Hospital still has a chance to catch up. Overtake it. Yeah. Well, looking at over here, longest running, the list of the longest running TV shows by category. Okay. okay. Over okay. here. So I'm looking at uh, number one, which is not a, a, you know, every week kind of show, but still the championships at Wimbledon broadcast for 77 straight years on, on, on television. Mm-hmm. Um, then there is some show called Lord Mayor's Show, also on the BBC. Yep. That's been going on for 76 years. So and then Meet the one. Press. Yes, Meet the Press. Yeah. Meet the Press has been going for 74 years. And apparently the CBS Evening News, 73. Holy smokes. What a surprising one here. That I'm like, look, tonight's show with Jimmy Fallon, which is, you know, that's that's... You know that that's a show that still gets quite a lot of audience. Yeah, I mean the the, the original in nineteen fifty four, Jack Parr, I believe. Parr, yeah. sixty seven years still going. I mean, I gotta admit that I've watched occasionally an episode of it. You know, or caught maybe not the whole episode. You know, I, I mean, back in the eighties, I used to watch them from you know beginning to end. Now I'll just grab clips. You know, sometimes watch like ten fifteen minutes on TV, but not the whole. Not the whole thing, but yeah, back then. So, uh, and Sabado Gigante is still around. <laughs> Man, well, let me tell you, we used to watch a lot of. Actually, it's the oh, it, it stopped. Oh, they did cancel Sabado Gigante. That's right. What's his name? Don, Don Francisco's dead, right? Uh, yeah, I believe I remember that news from a while yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, Don Francisco's dead. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, uh. so b- back back to uh, t- the Tom Clancy. Or, and, mm-hmm. uh, or Jack Ryan, I should say, the show Jack Ryan. Um, I found what I was thinking about in terms of the Hunt for Red October thing. Okay. So this okay. this is the quote. Uh, I, I found this on an article on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but it it's a it's from an interview. Um, where did it go? I had it on my screen. There we go. Um, the story choice sticks to the, this is talking about season three. Okay. Yeah. The the one you just watched the story choice sticks to the ongoing theme of including an homage to a Tom Clancy story in each season. This time around Krasinski revealed they chose the cold war themed the hunt for red October. The 1990 movie adaptation of Clancy's bestseller, which followed a rogue Soviet submarine heading for the America's East Coast, starred Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, and Scott Glenn. We had made the decision long ago to tip our hats to the hunt for Red October, Krasinski continued. That's when we decided to go to Russia. Instead of a nuclear submarine, we decided to make it a man that had intel that would de-escalate the situation that was going on. That seems like a little bit of a stretch to me. I I, I don't. I mean, I, like I said, to me, this seemed like a lot more like some of all fears. Some of all fears than Hunt for Red October. I they, yeah, no. But apparently, they intended to have an homage. But apparently, the only part of that homage is it involved Russia. I, I don't know. I I I okay sure. <laughs> Um, okay. Anyway, 
you are you are thumbs up for the Jack Ryan TV show. Yes, yes. yes. I, I will say that if they if they're saying that each one has an homage, well, season two then is uh clear and present danger, definitely. That's what they must have done. And season one. Hmm. Gosh, I'm not sure. Okay, doesn't doesn't ring a bell on uh, my, but I, that's what I, that's what I would say. I would say season two is clear and present danger, definitely. Um, but not not sure what season one is. And yeah. uh, anyway, apparently they've confirmed that there will be a fourth season, but the fourth season will be the last. I was very disappointed. They said that would be the last one. I mean, I I I really think that this has a lot more running room to that uh well I they mean, do say there's going to be a spinoff yeah well, yeah it's not the same thing but i i you know look i, I i'm gonna say uh uh tom cruise has proven that if doing the, the, some of these right you could jesus you could have such a crazy long ass life to some of these what he's done with mission impossible movies okay all right i mean which right now i mean the first Mission Impossible uh, movie that he's been in the series where he's played Ethan Hunt came out in 1996. And look, he's going to have done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of these movies. Okay. And he's got one coming out 2023, another one coming out 2024. And I'm going to look, I will say, it, that if you make me put a top 10 of the best action movies done in the last, uh, since 2010, definitely these Mission Impossible movies have to be on that list hmm. because they ha- they were that good. They, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't have a full list right now, so I could say clearly number one, but definitely you ask me, hey, what do you think is one of the best action movies that have come out in the last decade i i i think it was probably it, it was the uh, uh uh it's either ghost protocol or rogue nation uh, uh of the mission impossible movies they were they were, they were they were great so i just did another review i just gave more thumbs ups yes you did there you go okay okay right. uh right. well let's uh let's close this up then and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, tech, which it really means Twitter and Mastodon. <laughs> yeah, because we couldn't think of anything else. I mean, we could. I mean, we could. I mean, I don't know. We could come up with other stuff. Yeah. If I, I don't know. If, I mean, okay. We could. Well, I said, you, I said you, we could. I'm not. Don't, 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 don't to say I. I. Let's say I am. Not that you will. Not that I will. But I said we could. Yeah. We could. It's very, possible. Very important possible it, it, it's almost like you're you're testifying somewhere under oath and you're being very careful with your words believe me let me tell you something having had have done that repeatedly often during my life oh yes i am very very careful with like you know not being categorical in any way okay right. very important because you just don't know yeah i mean you know, sometimes you just don't, you, you, you like, did that happen on September 13th? I believe so. 
Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, we, we, maybe we'll talk more about that kind of thing when we get to, like the January 6th stuff at the end. You could try to do an interrogatory of me and see how I answer to see how I score. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass. Here's a break. We'll be uh, back in a minute. You know, no, I think no, you go. yeah. you're not going to, you know, you could put a light on my face, but of course we're in a podcast. Right. Okay. Well, that, that's well, not going to work. I, instead, okay. I will torture you with this break. Here we go. <laughs> what? what? Okay, here we are. We're back. You know, you've said this thing about not, 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 you know, sometimes not muting me to hear my reactions. I had not heard this one in a long time. And I, I was just absolutely, I almost, I almost spit my water. Like, oh, you know, man. the ice cream. I, I thought about that. I, after, I, I waited like <laughs> half a second to hit mute, but then I did hit mute. And I'm like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I almost spit my water on my t uh, on my on my computer screen. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was very good, actually. That was very good. I, I have to admit, that'll be the song that makes us millions. <laughs> Look, I mean, stranger things have happened. I mean, that, that'll be great. We get we get picked up on a national podcast network based on that. They were like, somebody listens to that break and they're like, oh, that's original. Hey, we should put these guys nationwide, global. <laughs> of course, we are actually global, but, you know, I. Yeah. Sorry, James and some other people. I know listening in places I just no. What I mean is more like global promotion. Mm. They'll have they'll have like billboards, like posters on the side of buildings, like you know, like with our picture. Billions of listeners, billions, billions, like the FIFA World Cup. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Indeed. Okay, let's start. Uh, like I said, we're basically talking Twitter and Mastodon. Uh, like I, I have a lot to say about like migrating to Mastodon and that kind of stuff. But let's start. Any any new significant stuff on Elon and Twitter imploding this week? I mean, it seems to have just he, continued. He is looking for a CEO actively now. <laughs> he has now decided that this is not a good idea for him to be the CEO. And he is actively looking for somebody. Um, now, is he really, or is he just saying that, or no, does no, he have, I, or does I, he have no, the problem I, no, no, that no. he's looking, but nobody in their right mind wants this piece of shit? Well, no, that that he said that 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 is a problem as well. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that he, I, I do believe that he is looking. Um, the the main reason for that is because. His other businesses need his attention. Um, and um, number one, and even if it's not just giving his attention, at least the impression 
that he is giving him that attention. And the second thing is that I think that even him, he would agree he's done a really shitty job this far. <laughs> you think? <laughs> yeah. I and, I and I think he got an earful also from the investors who, while he was at the World Cup. Oh, well, oh, yeah. He got an earful from investors. Come on, man. If you put money into this and this is the shit that's going on, especially with what happened the last couple of weeks, wouldn't you be saying to this, why the fuck did I give you $10 billion, you asshole? Because that would be what I would be saying. Now, I would have never given him that money. But if I did, and this is the shit that was happening, I would have said, what the fuck is wrong with you? What are you doing? You know, do you not understand how to run a corporation, is what I would say. Do you think, you know, that alienating all your customers and just being arbitrary and capricious, like on a daily basis, is really good for business? Why don't you go and fucking hide for a while, you know, so at least people aren't paying so much attention to the bullshit that you're saying, so maybe everybody just isn't leaving the door. Which, you know, it's the one thing that I think we said this week, that if if Elon would just bought Twitter and basically just shut up for, for a little bit, he probably could have over months done a lot of changes slowly without causing this much turmoil in terms of revenue and users. Well, but it, just, just as the fundamental principle, and I know you and I have talked about this before in, in other contexts as well, is like, if you come into a new thing, the right. smart thing to do is to spend a few months listening and, and learning and figuring out what's going on. The people who come in and on day one start ripping things apart are almost always disasters. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And this is just, you know, data bears this out. I got into an argument with a with a business school teacher uh, when I was getting my MBA related to this um, over a guy called uh, Al Dunlap. Chainsaw Al, they called him in the 90s. Uh, he had become the chief executive of Scott Paper, okay, first, okay. where he went and he slashed costs and went through whatever, turned around profitability, and he was hailed as a hero, okay? Uh, and then he went on and was hired by Sunbeam Corporation, okay? Which back then owned, I mean, you've heard of the Sunbeam brand. Yeah, but um, like consumer but, appliances, right? Yes, a lot of appliances and stuff or whatever. And he went in there and he went into the company and did the same thing. And I I said at the time, and, and, and we actually, I wound up, this is with my corporate strategy, MBA, one of the MBA teachers that I said, listen, you think that what he's doing is long-term, uh, accretive to earnings and what i what i said is he's doing some short-term like really prettying of the books because you know you slash costs and revenue doesn't fall immediately but eventually shit will catch up because he could not under invest in a business and then everything just stays fine okay businesses need investment they need changes they need those employees a whole bunch of times you can take the employees out and things stay the same but eventually, without those people to replenish what was happening there before, 
the business will go to shit. And it was found not just that what I said was true, but actually that he was committing fraud. <laughs> um, you know, um, it, it was, um, you know, it, it, let, let me see. He and 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 at both companies, okay. I mean, and it was so bad that, uh, you know, let me see. Uh, in 2001 for Sunbeam, he had engineered a massive accounting fraud, basically. So not only was he doing all these cuts, like, you know, showing like this stuff or whatever, but he was also cooking the books. Nice. And apparently he did that at the earlier company, which is what I said. That there's just no way that he was affected that quickly by basically taking the the he took the Elon Musk approach to these two companies. And basically, you know, he, he wound up uh, uh, sentenced and was barred from ever serving as an officer director of a public company. Beautiful. After that, that that's how bad it was. Um, so, um, so that was, uh, so that was that guy and the chainsaw Al method doesn't work. It's never been shown to work. It doesn't fucking work. It might it might help you in the short term, um, arrest some cash flow things or whatever, whatnot, maybe. But I, I'm still the problem with a lot of companies is that labor isn't your only expense. Okay, right. So, uh, yeah, labor may be. Oh, I don't know how much uh, they had around. Okay, let me do some quick math. They had about seven thousand employees. Uh, fuck. Now I got to do a uh, quick 7,000 employees put around, uh, uh, uh about 120,000 per head because I'm also calculating, you know, probably has some employees in some low cost countries, whatever, whatnot, you know, full expenses, whatever. So that's maybe about a billion dollars in expenses, the employees. Okay. Um, uh, you know, they had like, uh, 6 billion in revenue, if I remember correctly. And they were only making a billion, so about four billion of the other expenses were not employee related. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just by firing the employees, yeah, you could cut um, five hundred million. But if you lose three billion in revenue, and you save five hundred million. <clears throat> uh, hello, that math doesn't work. Which is why I think, listen, this math is the reality. Okay, this is the reality. Okay, he's basically saved five hundred million in labor costs. Okay, and lost three billion in revenue. Does not compute. Okay, which is why he had to resort to selling all this stock recently. Selling the Tesla stock. Selling the Tesla stock. Yes. Um, you know because so let 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 me ask the money. Let me ask real quick on the Tesla stock because people have been talking about that as well. Tesla has lost over 60% year to date, apparently, which Mm -hmm. somebody pointed out that it has now lost percentage wise more than Bitcoin has in this year, uh, which is quite an accomplishment. Um, How much of that? There are at least several possible factors here, right? One is just Elon selling a shitload of it. Two is people are losing confidence in Elon because of the crap he's doing at Twitter. And three is Tesla was just overvalued anyway. What's the mix? It's all three. I mean, look, the stock market has been down. So say Apple is down like 25, 30%. Okay. So look, take 30% of it. Okay. 25, 30% would have been just been the market's down. 
Okay. All right. So take that off the top. So, so then you've got the other 35% there that has been, you know, a combination of the company's overvalued. And then how does it get worse than everybody else is because Elon, you know, losing confidence in Elon because he's not on top of shit competition and everything else that he's not there. He's paying attention, playing with his toy. Now, now let me, there are two parts there too, right? One is you're upset that he's paying attention to Twitter and not to Tesla. The other is because of what he's doing. You wonder even if he was paying attention to Tesla, is he going to do the right stuff anyway? Well, yeah. I mean, so it's it's a losing the confidence versus, you know, and not to and, paying and attention I've, at the same seen, time. I've seen reports uh, and, you know, we'll see who knows the trustworthiness, but like for both SpaceX and Tesla, basically that their whole teams of people whose entire job is effectively just containing Elon and making right. sure he doesn't do any damage. Correct. And yep. making sure like when he has these wild ideas, they figure out how not to do them. You know, yeah. things like that. Uh, and, and, and so that you have people who actually know what they're doing, who are actually running those companies with Elon just as a figurehead. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, basically, um, it, it seems like he's more a, um, spiritual leader more than anything else. Um, and, and with, so, yeah. and with Twitter, you, apparently let him actually have control and see what kind of craziness you get. Right. And then he's doing this stupidity, which is, hey, let me go and like tank two billion to three billion in revenue and save five hundred million in labor costs. You're, you're an idiot. Okay. You're you're a fucking moron. It does not compute. Especially when it's ad revenue. It's all fucking money. I mean it's just cash. I mean, there weren't costs associated with it. So it's just stupid. And again, though, like, and I think we mentioned this on previous shows, part of this is assuming that he actually cares about making a profit with this company as opposed to just, hey, it's a thing he wants to manipulate for fun and he's okay with losing billions of dollars. Here's the problem. One of the things is that Elon... um, Elon wasn't that liquid, okay? All all his wealth, almost all of it, was tied up in in assets, okay? So uh, if he has big, uh, you know, the the word here that they describe is in the Wall Street Journal. Historically, Mr. Musk has been a cash-poor billionaire. Depending upon so-called margin loans, borrowing backed up by his shares for his personal expenses, business investments while holding on to his Tesla shares and benefiting from their rising value. Okay. Um, yeah, that that's that's the reality. Um, and so uh and look, it's not that he's poor, it's just that it makes it that he needs it would be that difficult stock. if he if he decided that fine. I'm going to run Twitter as my toy and I'm okay with it losing $10 billion a year. Or it whatever. would be difficult for for him to fund it. Yes. 
Yes, it, it, it would. It, it would he could do it for a few years by he could do it, destroying but it, it's going to cause. But it's going to cause problems. Yeah. It's it's going to be problematic. Okay, it's not going to be it's not going to be that easy for him to lose that kind of cash. Okay, um, and because he's losing it directly personally because he owns the fucking company almost directly personally, and then is on the hook with these other people as you know people that loan the money. Or or partners, but it it really winds up to be him being on the hook mm-hmm. himself. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, it it's it, it is really a, a stupid thing. The other, you know, but talking about we were going, uh, talking about Tesla stock. Yeah. Um. Even at even at this collapsed value, okay. I was looking that. If you calculate the valuation based on uh, cash flow from operations, it's about 40 times earnings, okay? 40 times cash flow, okay? Uh, GM, uh, uh, all the other car companies are valued at around 8 to 12 times. So they're 40 times that. But the thing is that Tesla... And, and I will say that a lot of the other auto manufacturers also to a degree um, have required such heavy capital investment in recent years um, because of what's going on in the auto industry that if you do it based on free cash flow of Tesla, the current market cap is 160 times free cash flow. 160 times. Um, for comparison's sake, okay, uh, I'll pull up what uh, Apple is currently valued based on their free cash flow. Uh, I think it's like uh, maybe like 10 times. That's it. It's 10 times. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, hang on. Let me, let me pull it up. But uh, 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 it, it, it's a lot lower. Uh, uh it's 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 probably a little bit more than that. Let me, uh, currently, uh, free cash flow. Oh shit! Uh, so uh, Tesla generated last year uh, three billion dollars in free cash flow. Apple generated in twenty twenty two one hundred eleven billion dollars in free cash flow. Okay, did, did you did you hear the difference in those numbers? Mm-hmm. Sam, three billion versus one hundred eleven billion. Right. Tesla was valued at the beginning uh, at at <laughs> earlier this year at about one third the market cap of Apple. That does not compute, right? In any fucking way, shape, or form, a company that makes three billion in cash flow. Versus one that generates a hundred billion in cash flow. Okay. And so that's why I've always said that this wealth that he's got is a fucking mirage. There's, I, it's just, I, I don't know why they've been so obsessed with bidding up this stock so crazy and not coming down. I, I don't, I don't see how it gets back up there. I, I don't see how they, they've got competition from everybody. Yeah, because I, I mean, all I, over the place. I think a, a lot of the thought initially was probably like, you know, none of 
none of the other major car companies were as far as they were in terms of producing the all electric. So they were, people were looking at them as, Hey, they're way ahead. They're going to dominate this market, whatever, whatever. And then of course the, the older players at a certain point were like, Hmm, okay, maybe we should do this too. And then they started throwing all their weight into it. Right. And, and that's a lot of resources they could bring to bear. Whereas despite Tesla's valuation, they were still, in terms of what they could actually do on the ground, correct me if I'm wrong, they, they just didn't have the same amount of resources to, no, be able to do things close, quickly, no. change things, ramp up, et cetera. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, that's exactly right. Or the expertise for that matter in certain areas. You know, the one part, uh, setting up production lines. I mean, that's been the biggest thing that has been uh, a killer for, for Elon. Um, getting these production lines to be efficient. You've got these people that have been in this, the audio manufacturers, and even if you're you're making them electric or whatever, have been doing this forever, man. You know, they can set up a production line, make it efficient, make it flexible. You know, you go, you see the videos of like BMW plants in in Germany where in the same factory, they will make, I don't know how many iterations of different types of vehicles on like one assembly line, Okay. Um, and it's, it's flexible, high quality, you know, very few defects. Um, you know, they can, they can ramp up, make one, one product in one line and change to another. It's amazing. Okay. These people have been, you know, honing this shit for decades. And the problem is also, look, Elon also creates a lot of turnover at his executive ranks. Okay. Which is a problem. All the top officials at Tesla have barely been there for three years. Mm. Three years. You know? Hey, that's crazy. And it's because, well, this is the way that he has done things. Look, I'm not going to say, listen, the guy obviously did certain things and pushed him in a certain way that did create, you know, give him, got people to give him a certain big chunk of money and his current net worth the biggest piece of it is not tesla right now it's spacex, SpaceX. Mm-hmm. right um so but the problem is spacex is not liquid tesla stock is and that's his problem mm-hmm. unless he went he took spacex public or presumably he could sell off big chunks of SpaceX privately too. Correct. He could do that as well, which I believe he did. He did some kind of offering where it, 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 you know, valued the company at a certain amount or something. Um, and, and that's one of the ways that we know the valuation of SpaceX. Um, I mean, that damn Gulfstream jet that he flies around all the time is actually owned by SpaceX. The one that, uh, the Elon, you know, account that he banned uh, tracks him. Right. So, um, it, look, so I, I, I think that he, he's, he needs to find somebody that can steer this ship better than he is right now because he can't afford to be losing billions like this. And he needs somebody that also can instill conf- confidence 
Yeah, and a big part of that, I mean, you you mentioned like the firing huge numbers of people and what is left of the company there, but also just his his erratic, hands-on, we're going to change this policy this way today, and we're going to change it back tomorrow, and then we're going to do a third thing next week, and it kills all predictability, plus a sort of this active advocating for, hey, let's let the neo-Nazis back on, and meanwhile, we're going to get rid of these other folks that scares advertisers away, because you know, they don't want to have the chance of their ad showing up next to the Nazi or the right. homophobe or the whatever. And just because of association. Right. And so that you, you want all of those advertisers want assurance that, you know, it's going to be a nice brand safe place to be. And Elon is not giving them that assurance at all. In fact, the opposite. Right. And by the way, uh, like right now, you know, that you know how he supposedly reinstated a number of reporters. Yeah. He really hasn't reinstated them unless apparently they del- uh, they deleted the tweets relate, you know, uh, men- mentioning uh, where the fuck his plane is. Right. Uh, that count. So. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. There, there, there are a few problems with that. And, and, and some of them have been let on all the way. Some of them have not. There's other folks that are less prominent that are still. Yeah. There's. The, the the fundamental problem here is that at this point, nobody believes any decisions are anything other than just what Elon feels like that moment. Right. Yeah. As opposed and, and, to anything rational that you can predict over time. And, and the problem with that is that it's very difficult to want to work for somebody like that or do business with an entity like that or consume their product. It's like, think about it if you liked, uh, actually, there is an analogy that is true about this. Uh, the basketball team, the New York Knicks, uh, is owned by uh, a guy that owns Comcast, okay? Uh, and he has been, had a, I mean, they, people, everybody hates him. And um, he has gotten into arguments with uh, uh, people going to the arena and he deployed face recognition stuff in order to identify people that he hates and mm-hmm. ban them from entering Madison square garden. Yes. And a lot of people have been just right now. I mean, people that have been lifelong fans, they're like, fuck you. I I, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm not going to your games. I'm not doing this. It's ridiculous. And it's a similar type of arbitrary behavior that, uh, Elon's doing. And it's, it's not popular. It doesn't work. Well, and and, and the thing is, like, it would, let's say he just flat out said, we're going to be like Gab or Parler or Truth Social right now, right? You would still scare away a bunch of people, for sure. Yeah. Like, those don't have a bunch of advertisers. But what Elon is doing is more than that. <laughs> it's not just, oh, okay, we're going to, we're going to be conservative leaning. We're going to lean into this kind of stuff. And that's where we are, blah, blah, blah. It's the, it's the fact that he's erratic and chaotic is even worse than yes. that. Yes, and, and, yes, and, and you know there, there, of course, there are comparisons everywhere with Donald Trump here, you know, in terms of how he operated. But you know, if he just said some set of set of policies and features and whatever, and was consistent and stayed 
you know, made, made slow, slow and steady changes that were predictable and gave people warning and then was consistent. You may or may not like those decisions and he'd undoubtedly lose some advertisers anyway, but this chaos, this like every day is something different and you don't know what crazy shit is going to happen. How does anybody not get scared away from that? I mean, look, I have not gone back on right now. Uh, it's been, wow, well, it's been, uh, how long? 10 days? Mm-hmm. I gotta be honest. I feel better not going back on there. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not, I, I, I mean, I, 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 you know, one of the things about, about the damn site is that yes, you get a certain stream of certain information about certain things in real time on certain subjects specifically, which I, I, I liked a lot of the stuff that I actually was on there that, um, that I like was sports related. Hmm. Um, uh, there was a lot of sports related real time reaction to sporting events and other stuff and whatnot, aside from the news and other stuff. I, I did also consume that. But, uh, man, the stupid arguments, bullshit, uh, that would ensue, um, on there, um, were just ridiculous. I, I got caught up in one, like, the uh, last month related to, uh, the naming of, uh, pronouncing Qatar. <laughs> okay. Yes. And I, I had somebody who just, responded something so stupid and somebody who has a lot of followers and i'm just like ah, jesus christ I, i'm you know and i was just like oh this is ridiculous and the problem is that twitter really encourages that kind of well and, and this this is also like i know i'm gonna come back to this thing and then we can talk about the mastodon change but like this is the kind of thing that gets to me all the time. Like you mentioned these kinds of arguments, the way I've consumed Twitter, I almost never see that shit because yeah. I only see the people who I subscribe to in chronological order, you know, and that's it, <laughs> you know, but, but 99% of people that are on there. I know, I know, I know. And, and what I know. And, and this is where I've said over and over again, like the, Twitter itself, as its website, has poisoned itself for years now. Service, service. This fucking website. It's a service. Okay? Service. Go through a browser, app, app, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. That doesn't matter to my point. The point is that it, as no, long it's as just you, that I, I have a pet peeve of people calling stuff websites. Well, you it's can not, access it's not it through a, the no, website. It's not, yep, it's not a website. <laughs> Fine, fine. We a did, website is a fucking static page we, of information. We, no. we, yeah, we did a whole segment on Damn that it. a few years ago. So Fuck. whatever. Like the the thing. the the point. Not a website. The point is though, the content on there isn't inherently toxic, but the way that Twitter chooses to amplify certain things is. And th- because, yeah. Yeah. like you said, it, for, because they're optimizing for engagement. Yep. They love it when people fight. So yes. of course they're going to yes. shove something in your face that's going to make you angry. Yeah. And then you react and, and then amplify they, you, it. And amplify it. Whereas like y- you know it, it, 
the, the, the way I look at the damn thing, I hardly ever see that. Because if somebody replies to somebody I follow, I do not see that reply unless I specifically choose to go and look to see, hey, I wonder if anybody replied to this and then go click on it. And then I can see replies, you know, but unless I do that, I don't see the replies. So like, you know, I see, you know, and, but, but Twitter as a service, and this goes for Facebook too, and all kinds of other folks, as long as they're optimizing for engagement, they're optimizing for keeping those eyeballs on there and, and shoving ads at them, you know, and again, this the whole fact that all of this stuff is advertising driven, you know, is, it leads to this toxic cycle because it's advertising driven. So you want to, uh, Optimize for optimization because it'll get them more eyeballs. And how do you get more optimization? You keep people. What did I say the word wrong? No, 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 no. It's just it's I. It's just an interesting uh, combination of words. Optimize for optimization. Oh, oh. I, well, I did mess up that then. Um, <laughs> optimize for engagement oh. uh, and optimize for getting more eyeballs on things. And you know, then then. How do you do that? You do that by keeping people's emotions high. And what's the easiest way to do that? Anger. Well, let me let me just say one thing. I have noticed, uh, you know, because I am on Facebook on certain groups related to certain things. Like there's a couple of joke groups. Uh, yeah, yep. you, uh, you've talked about uh, this before. Go ahead. Uh, car groups, et cetera, and so forth. But look, it, the one thing I have noticed is that Facebook it recently has been actively trying to tone down what people say. One one thing that I've noticed. very much aggressively. Good. And, and I've gotten into I've gotten into trouble a couple of times this year for saying things that are innocuous. No, 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 but I, I meant to say innocuous things. Uh-huh. But because they're being so aggressive, if you use a word say like kill. Oh, I, uh, you know, it's like saying, oh, my boss, I wanted to kill him. Man, that got me banned for a couple of days. Okay. That's how aggressive they are being like right now. And there's a couple of things where I, I made a comment that I reread three times today. And, um, it, it, and it was, it, 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 it was related to something of a joke. Okay. It was a joke. I'm, I'm answering with another joke. And it told me, Hey, the kind of comment that you posted today has, has caused other people to be suspended and like has been flagged. Are you sure you would have posted? And I read it three times and I'm like, what in the hell? But I'm not saying anything. I mean, it was just saying something dumb. There was nothing. And I'm like, I'm going to post it anyway. And I'm like, Oh shit, man. Am I going to get, well, no, I did not get it. I, 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 I don't know, but the, they have, they have tuned the AI in Facebook right now. And and I've heard other people that were talking aggressive. about comments. Oh my God, yes, extremely the so. Other thing that Facebook does that by how Twitter works is harder is Facebook structures a lot of these conversations around groups that can have local moderators as well, right? That have yes. like people who are involved in the group, yes, moderating that group according to the standards of Correct. that group. Correct, uh, yep. and. You can't do that the way Twitter's set up. No, no, no. And which is why, honestly, I've liked my Facebook groups. I mean, you know, um, 
yeah, I mean, I got a little bit annoyed that they're aggressive, like flagging me for saying, you know, I, 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 you know, it's some comments that were meant as a joke, but innocuous, but, but I also realized that, you know, I, I actually, one of the discussions I was having with one of the admins at one of the groups and I, I, because somebody else was complaining about it. And I was like, listen, it's not the admins. It's the AI. It's very aggressive. And the thing is that there are certain words that we sometimes use that even, even though we are being innocuous, that Facebook has decided, you know what? We don't want anybody using that word, period. Right. Because fuck it. Forget it. You you can't you can't say that. You can't use kill. Kill is verboten. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, how would somebody know that you're not actually about to go kill your boss? It, and that's ex- and that's what I that's what I was explaining to this guy. It's like, look, man, they they they've just dialed this because it's tough for them to know that we're just making some kind of like dumb reference. And because of all the shit that's happened, they're like saying, "Fuck it, you can't use it." And and I'm like, "Okay. I I I get it." And look, with the shit that we know that's happened, I'm like it, it kind of like I said, I, I, I think about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. It, I, I can't like, I can't get angry about the fact that, you know, using, you know, uh, you know, making some dumb joke that I'm like, oh my God, I'll put a bullet through my brain. If I see that again, well, that's also no, that, that, by the way, that also gets you banned. So I can't make any jokes like, which, which I, I'm, I get why. Well, yeah, because, you know, because other people will take that seriously. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. People will decide, oh, well, Yvonne said he would do that. So I might as well I know. do it. You know, I know, I know, I know. This is why, you know, I, I, I'm like, I, you know, I, I get it why they're, they're being that aggressive with it. I, I, I can't, I can't argue with, what they are doing with that. Um, I know a lot of people get, are get, get angry about it, but at the same time, given the fucking hellscape of other shit that I've seen happen when that's not done. And some of the acts that have been encouraged, I'm like, I mean, it's something that we have to uh, live with right now. Okay. Let's, let, let's talk Mastodon for a little bit now. Yeah. Um. So, in term, we talked last week about Twitter alternatives and all the blah blah blah. And I said, you know, Mastodon is the one that is so far has been working the most for me, but there still wasn't quite enough there to keep me coming back all the time. Um, well, after that show, uh, I found a tool called Move to Dawn. It's Move to Dawn dot org. Okay, and basically. You I sign in or Leone Don, Don, no move to move to Don.org. And basically you go there. It's a website. You sign in with your Twitter account. You sign in with your Mastodon account and it looks through all your Twitter accounts and tries to find if they already have Mastodon accounts. And then there's a button you can press that just like auto follow all of them. Right. And so I mentioned like the way I, I use Twitter and again, everybody uses Twitter differently and I know I'm unique because I, I use the, <laughs> I use the stupid tweet bot and not the native interface and it makes all the difference to me. But part of that is also carefully curating who I follow. And so mm-hmm. I had, you know, I've for years, 
like unless you have thousands of followers, Twitter maxes out the number of people you can follow at 5,000. And I've been, I've been bumping up against that limit for years where I would have to, like, if I wanted to follow more people, I would have to un- unfollow other people to make room. So like I- I'd hit it, I'd hit the 5,000 limit. It would say you can't follow anybody else. And I'd find like 50 people to unfollow and it would give me some time to follow more people. And I would constantly be bumping up the, against that whip against that limit. Actually, until about a year ago, I actually started aggressively saying, you know, if I notice somebody's tweets just piss me off and annoy me every time I see them because they're stupid or idiotic or rude or whatever, fuck it, I'm just unfollowing them. Like I used yeah, to keep I, a, yeah. I used to keep a bunch of those people just because No, no, like, I Jesus, no. I I'm like get the fuck out of my sight. Come yeah, on, I, well, well like I was like look, these are prominent most of these are prominent people, prominent commentators whatever and I was like I want to I want even if all it did was make me angry to see these people. Yeah, I was like, even if I don't like what they want to say, I want to be aware of what they said. And then I was like, yo, fuck it. If they say anything really important, somebody else will quote them into exactly. My It'll be in it. a news article somewhere. Somebody yeah, will summarize uh, otherwise, it or whatever. I could get them. I could get the cliff notes from somebody else. I don't have to see be seeing this asshole. You know, otherwise on a regular basis. Yeah, otherwise I'll I'll just ignore them. So now I'm no longer. I was no longer bumping up against that five thousand limit anymore. And anyway. Um, but what the problem I was having getting up to speed on Mastodon was just, I wasn't following enough people to have a full timeline. Like I would go there and it'd be like a ghost town. There'd be a handful of things. And I know like Mastodon has, uh, unlike Twitter, uh, Mastodon has, in addition to your own timeline, there's a timeline for your instance and then there's like a global timeline. So theory, yes. you know, or, or the federated timeline. So yes. that theoretically you can go see like everything that's passing through the damn server or that is shared with that server. And that potentially is a huge volume. Well, and hashtags. But, you can also and, follow. And, ha- and you can follow hashtags. But like I've like those, those other, like the server timeline and the federated timeline. I, I, I suppose if I was on a special interest server, that was just a certain topic that I really cared about, then I would care about that timeline. But for the most part, I, I, I ignore those. I don't find them useful. I find my, like my main timeline and I wasn't like following enough people to fill it up. But like when I ran this, um, this, um, move to Dawn thing, mm-hmm. like I found yeah out of my, out of my, um, What's the right number? Out, out of the 5,000, um, I found 500. Um, That's not bad. Actually, is a, it? A lot more than what I found. I'll so, tell you. So, like, with, with the people that I'm following, is that right? I guess I was. It was five, 600 people. I, I remember. Yeah, so I, I found 10%. And I'm, I'm rerunning the app, like uh, periodically I'll go back into it, like not like yeah hourly or anything, but every few days I'll go, go in and I'll rerun it. Cause there will have been new people joining Mastodon, but like that 10% following, you know, it's only 500 people, but you know, when I was following like 90, it just wasn't enough. Now that I'm following like 500 plus, I find that I can go into Mastodon and there's enough activity to keep me coming back. And so also like last week you mentioned, you know, on on this show, Yvonne, you were like, 
so wait, you're still giving Elon content? And I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of still am. But ever since you made that comment, I've been thinking about it like every time, like, and, and with, with the 500 people in Mastodon that I'm following that give me a nice full timeline full of stuff I'm interested in. Um, you know, I have not been, every time I find myself thinking about going into Twitter, I'm like, you know, I can just go to Mastodon instead. Yep. And I've, I've been posting more on Mastodon than on Twitter. Um, and, uh, yeah, for anyone who wants to follow me, it's Abelsme at mastodon.social is my Mastodon account. Um, and oh, what the hell's mine? At I am Bo at something. You picked at mastodon.sdf.org. SDF.org. At mastodon.sdf.org. I am Bo at mastodon.sdf.org. There we go. Um, yeah. And so, you know, so I've been on Mastodon more than Twitter for the last week. And when I have been going to Twitter, I've very quickly been like, why am I on here? Let me go back to Mastodon. And having said that, um, so I, I think in the last week I have done a couple tweets on Twitter, but much, much lower volume than I did. Whereas I've participated in a few little, I've replied to some people on Mastodon. I've boosted a bunch of stuff on Mastodon. I've made a couple of okay. Posts, which but... one is the boost? The, what's the boost? Is that like a re repost? The, the the it probably depends on which client you're using. Like the one I've been using now, which is Toot. Uh, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just see. The, just I, I just saw hovering it, so it says boost. I'm yeah, such an idiot. Okay, never boost mind. is like a retweet. Yeah, it's like a retweet. Yeah, yeah. So I just making sure I'm like people said boost, 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 and I'm like I guess it's this, but I just finally saw that I hovered on the web browser and it it showed the word boost. So now the the, the thing is, I will say there are some things I still feel like you know, and it, it probably is the difference between following 500 people and following 5,000 people. You know, but you know, I, I still on Twitter. I used to be able to count on it. And I'll also say I can't count on this anymore because Twitter's been declining too. Like the the people I've been following yep. have been leaving Leave and have it. been posting less. And yep. you know, just like I predicted, my like my desire to go there drops as the people I care about stop posting uh, there. Right. Um, but like you you mentioned the live reaction to sports events. I, I had the same thing for like live reaction to news events, right? Where I knew at any given time, like if I woke up in the middle of the night to go to use the bathroom and opened up Twitter, if there was anything significant going around anywhere in the world, I would instantly be seeing a bunch of tweets about it based on like the people I followed. Um, and I, I don't feel that yet in Mastodon. Like there, there can be. I, it's starting to happen. It's starting I, I to. It, it is speeding up. I think. And you know, my, I, I saw uh, there are a number of people who've been posting tweets on tweets, uh, toots on on how fast Mastodon has been growing. They've grown by like eight x in the last two months, uh, based on this uh, uh, people leaving Twitter. You know, it's been a significant increase from like, there were only a few hundred thousand people using it. Now they're millions, right? Yep. Um, and still growing rapidly. Uh, now, will it, how much will it scale? How many people will come? Still unknown, but you definitely still see that kind of thing increasing. Like, you know, you would get the, 
not, and I'm not just talking about like news people doing stuff. I'm talking about like, you know, if there was an event, like a, a big news event in name your major city in the world, you would get random people who were witnesses tweeting about that. And very quickly, those would get, uh, you know, I, I'm obviously not going to be following, you know, random person in Paris, right? But that person will tweet and that'll get picked up by their people. And then people I do follow would end up retweeting them very quickly. If it's a major event, it would expand and it would get out there. And I'd be seeing sort of on the ground reports and stuff like that. And that was very exciting. I'm not yet seeing that on Mastodon, but I feel like that's coming. It's just a matter of time. Uh, And they have to grow a little bit more and blah, blah, blah. Um, And, and, you know, if it's a little slower right now, maybe that's okay. You know, maybe I know that uh, the instance I am in, definitely they said, look, they added a, a whole, bunch of server capacity because they got they got slammed Slammed. uh uh but but you know the first couple of days it was slow but the performance is definitely back into uh very reasonable uh performance now um after they got slammed with an influx of people and they wound up having to close also uh for a while for for new people because that's something also that happened i think part of the slowdown in terms of people also moving was that certain of the large um, servers were just sorry, but we we can't accept. More yeah, like the one right the one I'm on stopped accepting new people for a while. I don't know if they've opened it up again yet, but like I picked the one I'm on because it was the it was the original and the biggest and blah blah blah. It was general purpose. It wasn't a specialty one, and so that's why I picked the one I picked. But then I saw a couple days later they had it was shut down. Accepting. Yeah, they stopped yeah. accepting new people because they yeah. couldn't handle anymore. They couldn't handle anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so that was part of the the thing. I, why did I wind up on on this one that I am? Which, uh, yeah, I, I just said, well, pick a server, and I'm like, well, that was there, and it was open, and I'm like, okay, um, you know, it's got a little bit of a techie bent, and I actually like that, to be honest with you. Yeah, and and so and, and that is one of the things about Mastodon is each one of these servers has their own policies about what they allow, what they don't allow, with who, what other. Mastodon instances they share content with and which ones they don't. Right away, right away when it first started, I did notice like a couple of like Russian bots or something. And I was like, oh, you can't flag them. But I said, guys. And they got shut down. Oh, God. It's yeah. like it, it did like in like a millisecond. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm enjoying Mastodon. The other thing is clients um, are still... You know, I'm not really happy with any of them. I've I've tried a few. I'm now on something called Toot with an exclamation mark for iOS. I'm, I'm pretty okay with this. I had tried MetaText. Um, and, I, of course, the official Mastodon, uh, not official, but the original, like, creators one. And they were okay. I, I like Toot better than those two. Um, those are all what on iOS. What is it I- that you like uh, uh, about that one, uh, Toot. The the interface is a little smoother. I like how it threads replies. Like if you do go into a reply, ah. thread, it's got these little lines connecting things, which is kind of cool. Um, 
uh, it has it has some nice little animations when you do activities that let you know you've actually done them. Like it, it you know, like when you boost something, it sort of goes whoosh, and I don't little things like that. I kind of like about it. Just seems a little bit smoother than the meta text one, which actually makes sense. I found out meta text, which is the one I was using before that. Uh, has actually been abandoned by its developer and is a couple oh. of years old at this point, and they're not doing any additional updates. Well, um, whereas Toot is actively developed. It, Toot costs four dollars; the other one was free. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm like, okay, I'll pay the four bucks. And uh, the people who make Tweetbot are in the process of uh, building out one that they're they're calling Ivory. Um, it is not yet released. They are allowing people to sign up for like alpha versions of it and it should be beta soon and hopefully full release before too long. The developer is like uh, giving like hourly updates practically on what features they've finished, what features they're still working on, things like that. Uh, I fully expect to like switch to that as soon as it's out because I love Tweetbot. They've done great stuff with it and I expect that Ivory is going to be just as good. They say there's going to be both a Mac and an iOS version. On the Mac side, I have not found a good client. I'm using something called Mastonaut, but it's adequate at best, I'd say. Like it's not great. Um, And I have not really tried the web version because I've just like, I don't like love the idea of doing these kinds of things on web apps. Uh, although I guess I shouldn't, they're the same damn thing, but I don't like it embedded in my browser. I'd like it as a separate app. I don't know, whatever. But um, so I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of room for development there too. Um, whereas now that it's getting all of the attention, there are going to be people competing to make good apps. There are going to be people competing to make good Mastodon servers for that matter that have like, really ro- that are really robust and fast and have good moderation policies and blah blah blah. Uh it's interesting I've seen um a couple of news organizations are talking about setting up their own mastodon instances for themselves. Uh you know, you might end up seeing like th- this is the kind of thing where uh the whole thing the whole idea of mastodon is is it is federated. There is no mastodon company out there that owns this thing uh it's an open source protocol there are various open source clients that give you examples of how to do it anybody with the right technical expertise and you know can run their own server so there are people out there who are like i don't want to be on any server i'm going to set up my own and i'm going to be the only user on this server but it's going to federate with everybody else and i can still share that now those people are crazy but you know, if you want to do that, you can, you know, I, just, I was thinking, of, well, I was thinking about it. I'm like, so why don't we do, we that? do a curmudgeon's corner server. Yeah. Well, the thing is, then it brings on all, all kinds of obligations. Then we have to you, maintain, we it have to maintain it. We have to moderate it. We have to worry uh, about legal restrictions. Uh, like what if we get a goddamn GDPR request, right? Oh God, you know, I don't want to do no, any of that shit. We can outsource it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so, but people who do I think, have, I think I can sell us. The, I think I can sell ourselves. No, I, I no, I, I don't think I can sign a deal with myself. No, I, I, I could out, I, I have people I could outsource it anyway. Uh, so there are lots of people setting these up and the, the whole idea is there is no central controlling company that is out there. And like, if, if, if any particular 
instance starts misbehaving, then others just start ignoring them. They defederate them and say, you know, you're banned. We're not paying attention to you. Uh, like the one I'm on, the main mastodon.social one, I shouldn't even say main, the original, whatever. The, the, if you go to their about page or whatever, there's a list of like dozens of instances that they've they've said, we're not going to federate with these guys. And there's a reason on each one, you know, like, you know, this has like neo-Nazi content. This has this, this has that, this has whatever, this has abuse, this has harassment. And those are just, you know, cut out. Now, now some other instance could still choose to federate with those if they wanted, but, you know, and, and so the advantage of this, first of all, there, there are, you know, it, it's, it, it's potentially very resilient because if you don't like what's going on in one place, you go to another place in a way that you can't just on like Twitter. Um, you know, and, and there's some disadvantages too, <laughs> you know, it's a little chaotic, but whatever. But, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, there are a couple. Well, that- I, I just got to notice that uh, my my instance will be shutting down for a couple of hours this evening for for maintenance. For maintenance, yes, <laughs> that's fine. But but you know, it's like well, I and that's know, the thing. A lot of these do that. I well, mean, that's a, that's a, that's the thing too. A lot of these are being run as volunteer efforts yeah. in a nonprofit way. Right. Um, now, some of them, there are apparently companies trying to like land grab Mastodon instances and who knows what they're going to try to do with things and if they're going to mess things up. But, you know, for a long time, I've said, you know, Twitter would be a lot better off as a nonprofit. That's kind of what this is. This is a distributed nonprofit model of social media. And who well, knows the thing if is that even work. if somebody created a paid, say, a uh, commercial paid one, I mean, it still could, you know, the great thing is that it could well, share with they, all these they, anyway. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so the, I think it's an open question, like whether the sort of mindset of, you know, it, it feels a lot like early internet stuff where everyone was sort of high and mighty about like, you know, commercial stuff was bad, you know? Well, a lot of the people that came over here was because of that. They didn't want to be on any of the commercial, um, you know, uh, services. I, I, I have, and, and I understand that um, because I, I, you know, early on, I, I, for example, always have paid for a mail client that doesn't um, mail service that isn't like Gmail or something like That's that. That's not app based or whatever. Exactly. And I appreciate that. And so I think that this is, this is something as well that I would appreciate to have in that manner as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and like the, the one I'm on the Mastodon.social one, like they do have a Patreon to like, if you want to help right. contribute to the server costs and stuff. And if I start getting lots of use out of this and start really enjoying it and I'm definitely on full time and blah, blah, blah. Am I going to toss them some money? Yes, I will. Yeah. But you know, I'll get to pick how much and you know, right. how much is it worth for me? I'll sure I'll donate it to whatever dollars a month level. And uh, maybe I'll change that over time, depending on my personal circumstances and how much I appreciate the service. Right. right. Um, Cause you know, if they are running this, if they are running it as a nonprofit and it's just a small group of volunteers running some servers or whatever, 
then yeah, they're going to need some help paying for the shit. And yeah, I can do that. I don't need to make them rich, but I can, you know, I can help pay for the servers. And, and if they get rich, I'm okay. You know, if it's something I'm really using, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, Anything else? We, no, we, no, we're, we're, we're right. running way too late. So let's, uh, let's take another break and uh, then we'll try to uh, zoom through some of the political news. Do, do, do. He was going to do it once in every segment, but Sam forgot to plug the Google Doc for people to suggest things for Sam and Ivan to make predictions about next week. So I have to do it for him. Go to tinyurl.com slash 2023ccpred. That's tinyurl.com slash 2023ccpred. Add your suggestions in the appropriate section, and please sign them with your first name or initials or something so we can credit you on the show if we use your suggestion. Sam and Ivan will be recording the predictions show sometime between the 28th and 30th of December depending on their schedules, so please get your suggestions as soon. Thank you. Do, do, do. We will be back right after. The, you're, you're not going to crack up the same way about this one, Yvonne. I'm sorry. Probably it, not. because It's unpredictable. You see, that's the problem. I, I, sh- I should have left the mic on last time, but le- le- leaving the mic on for this one would not do anything. It's it's just the Ray Lynch one, but which I know you like, but you're not going to uh, like I like, but I'm not going to. I'm not. Way. No, no, no. Okay. Here, here we go. No, no, it's not the beginning of the show again. We're just taking a little time to credit the artist responsible for the music we use at the beginning and end of the show. What you are listening to right now is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. The music we close our show with is Celestial Soda Pop. Both of these songs are from Deep Breakfast. Now Platinum, Deep Breakfast was the first independently released album ever to be certified gold by the RIAA. Ray Lynch's other albums are The Sky of Mind. No Blue Thing Nothing Above My Shoulders But The Evening the best of Ray Lynch. You can check out Ray Lynch or buy his music at raylynch.com, iTunes, Amazon, or anywhere you usually find music. Okay, here we go. Uh, so we got some politics stuff, I guess, uh, most of this is Trump related, although I guess we got what Congress was up to and stuff as well. Um, so let's start, uh, let's start with, uh, the 
referrals to the DOJ from the January 6th committee, because that's chronologically what happened first in the week. Uh, so as expected, um, the January 6th committee, like we, 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 you know, last week we said they're expected to do these. They mostly came true. Uh, but uh, here we go. The January 6th committee referred the following things to the DOJ. First off was Title 18, Section 1512C, uh, which is obstruction of an official proceeding for Donald J. Trump, John Eastman, and others. Uh, second was Title 18, Section 371, conspiracy to defraud the United States to the same people. Uh, third, uh, Title 18, Section 1001, a conspiracy to make a false statement. Then fourth and final, Title 18, Section 2383, and this is the one that people were not sure they would go for, incite, assist, or aid or comfort an insurrection. Uh, that And uh, yeah. Uh, now, as we've said, you know, this is just a letter to DOJ. DOJ is going to do whatever they want. But it still puts a significant historical stake in the ground that they submitted these four referrals for federal crimes against the ex-president of the United States for actions taken while in office, uh, including the insurrection one, which is pretty damn significant. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Yvonne, on these? I think they should throw the book at them. Yeah, that's what I think. I I, I think that um, it, they need to be aggressive. Um, and I, I don't know if you've noticed, but recently, after he lost that battle uh, related to his... Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the damn Mar-a-Lago documents. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, he's been kind of quiet. He has, a a except um, for that stupid NFT thing. <laughs> well, exactly. Except the damn fucking NFT thing, which was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Wait. I'm making an announcement. Hold on. And, 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 and then, you know, people, all the stupid shit that they were saying, I still, the one that I still cannot believe. And I, and I laughed. It's like, Oh, he's going to start holding for his reelection campaign. Serious, uh, policy a, a serious topic it, policy to get up. Like, I'm like, who the hell actually believes this? What kind of a psychopath? But yeah, can, basically, can I mean, I not, could believe this basically not even since he lost that last case, but you know, since he made that announcement that he was it's running been, for president, right. He's, right. he's been super quiet. And I was surprised even that last case that he lost about the, the documents and the special master, they declined to appeal to the Supreme court. Right. Now, right. They almost certainly would have lost, but it would have, but, they, but it, it would have bought them bought a few more weeks. Yeah, and they've always fought every single one of these all the way to the end. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what we're talking about. And then all of a sudden, he goes quiet and and he's like, you know, yeah, with his arms down. And 
let's be clear about this. There was a poll that came afterwards that showed, uh, oh my God, he's such an asshole, but you know, but it is what it is. DeSantis ahead of him mm-hmm. for the GOP nomination. I, man, I mean, I, importantly like, though, that was ahead of him in a one-on-one. Right. Yeah. Still. But, no, no. I mean, he's clearly in an incredibly weakened position. Uh, you've got this January 6th referral, which it's unclear whether the DOJ considers this an annoyance or it makes their job more difficult or whether they were just on all these things anyway, um, or whether they're going to take these seriously and any one of these that they weren't already looking into, they start, right? Right. I don't know what DOJ is going to do. Uh, one thing that is clear that has been made clear in the last couple of days is the committee finally, after like months of being like, no, we're not going to do it till we're done, uh, sent all their stuff to DOJ. You know, uh, so n- they, they made public a whole bunch of crap this week, transcripts, all kinds of stuff. But from what I understand, even above and beyond that, like DOJ has everything now. DOJ has everything the committee has looked at. Um, and they have all the material they want, uh, and all that's been settled now. Uh, you know, and the, the committee wanted to wait until they were done, I guess, to control the narrative. I don't know, make sure they, I don't know all their reasons, but whatever they've, they've now sent everything over to DOJ. Uh, the committee chairman, apparently in one interview was like, you know, how are you feeling about what DOJ is doing? And said almost, this isn't exact words, but it's close. I feel a lot better now that the special counsel is there. Right. Right. Like they just Agreed. did not have confidence that Garland was doing the right thing. No, but, but they, finally that, that they've got the special counsel. I mean, that's also a big difference. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and he's shown all signs of being aggressive, uh, you know, and doing stuff. So we, we'll see, I guess. Um, and then also just in terms of finishing up the January 6th committee, um, as I said, they've released all kinds of transcripts, all kinds of material. And of course they released their 800 and I think it was 845 page final report. It has like 150 page, uh, executive summary. Like, right. you know, often like when you hear like executive summary, you think like, okay, this is the one paragraph summary at the top of like, a, I, I mean, that's why I was like, like, Jesus, 850 page executive fucking summary. No, I'm like, no it's 150, 150 executive summary. The whole thing. Oh, uh, okay. 800. 800. Okay. So it's 150 is the executive summary. Okay. Yeah. But like, you know, you think executive summary, you think a few paragraphs. I mean, I would, I, well, usually executive summary, I expect the, you know, two, three pages, yeah. you know, for something very long. Yeah. It depends on the length of the thing you're summarizing, obviously. Right. But, well, and I guess, you know, if the whole thing is 850 pages, the summary being 150 is not that bad, but still, oh my God. Like, and I'll be honest here. I did not even attempt to read the 150 page summary, let alone the 850 pages. I scanned through for the For shame of you. I, I scanned, you should be, you should be ashamed of yourself. What kind of a person are you? I did scroll through the first 20 or 30 pages of the 850 document, just sort of looking like, oh yeah, there's a document. That's nice. There's a document. (laughs) And like the first 20 pages are all like introductions from introductions from the chairman, introductions from the vice chairman, a statement from Nancy Pelosi, blah, 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 blah. There's a bunch of that intro stuff at the beginning. I'm like, okay, that's nice. 
<laughs> you know, because because here's the thing. Also, is they're really in this last batch of things from last week. There's nothing. There are no new bombshells here, really. Um, once again, it's just sort of more detail, filling in the gap, making it an official, making it like this is the document for the ages that'll go into the, you know, people will study this, you know, who are doing history dissertations on this time in American life, um, you know, that kind of thing. Um, in terms of new stuff, not a lot. I mean, there was a little bit more on how Cassidy Hutchinson was intimidated and uh, how her her first lawyer, who was paid for by the Trump circles, uh, was basically telling her, you know, it doesn't matter if you remember or not, say you don't, because they'll never know. Which, you know, may actually be a smart strategy, but is not okay for a lawyer to say. <laughs> you know, they're, you know, the what you were saying before in the first segment or whatever about being careful with your words, they will of course tell you that be careful with your words. Don't say anything more than you mean to say. If, if you are not 100% sure, do not use definitive terms, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that there's a line crossed when you say, say you don't remember, even if you do, which is apparently what the lawyer told her to do. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, 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 I will say that my advice has been is it's not like, I mean, I, I look, either you plead the fifth, either you, you go and like, I will say that if I'm not a hundred percent sure, I, I will go, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Um, but it's not because it, listen, people's memories are bad. Okay, on average, I, I mean, so many people, it's been shown how in testimony, they misremember shit. Mm -hmm. And I would say that if my advice has always been, if you even have a little bit of it, that's how you don't remember. Okay, because unless you're absolutely sure, okay, it's something you took notes about or something that that you documented. Like, it's one of the things that I keep telling people, hey. You finished a fucking meeting, document what you agreed to, period. Don't fucking wait for later. I always like if it's especially if it's an important meeting, I will finish and I will fucking, you know, I might take I don't take the copious notes, but I will like, hey, oh, we agreed to this. Let me, you know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll 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 jot down a couple of things. Then I will go and I will memorialize that and said, hey, everybody, this is what we agreed to. This, 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 and this, and then we're gonna do this, this, and this. Um, because man, people are fucking bad at remembering shit. And so I, I, I just, you know, I don't agree with say, you know, I, I agree with what you said. You know, going some telling somebody flat out, basically, hey, you remember this? And just fucking say, lie about it. I'm like, Ugh. I, I, you know, just say you don't. I, I feel uncomfortable with that. Um, you know, uh, ba ba basically I've heard a, just, a bunch of experts on saying, you know, if, if anything like what Cassidy Hutchinson says, this lawyer gave her advert for, 
gave her for advice is true, this guy is going to get disbarred like right away. Like yeah. he, he was, I mean, I, I definitely did not get any such advice from an attorney. I mean, they, I think they told me, look, you speak truthfully, you answer what you can. If you don't, if you're unsure, you, you, you answer that. That's pretty much it. I mean, I, I, I'm the one that probably just because of my experience of having done what's been done with it, that probably I, I think I was always more cautious. Um, just because I, I just, well, th- you th- know, this is also why a good cross examiner knows to the kinds of follow-up questions to ask, right? Right. <laughs> to, to dig into a situation. Uh, exactly. But, in order to find the inconsistencies. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, and, uh, you know, there was an example on, uh, TV. I, I forget which person was talking on TV, some former government attorney person, whatever. Uh, but like talking about how, you know, Hey, if the question is, um, you know, it, if you, you know, did you do this, did you do this thing on January 8th, uh, for the reason of whatever, blah, blah, blah. If any one of those things connected with and are false, you just say no, (laughs) you know, uh, but because the whole statement is false. If any one of them are false, like a normal human being would reply, yeah, I did that, but it wasn't on January 8th. It was on January 10th. Or it wasn't no, in the afternoon. You, it was no, no, no. You don't. You say false. Exactly. Right. You just say right. false. But then a good cross examiner would not give you that big string with ands. Right. They would ask right. one. No, thing they would. They would ask the thing individually. Yes. 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 Did you do this thing? Was it on this date? Did you? Blah blah. blah. Yeah. Usually the questions like it's like man, you get these in inter- written in in you know uh, interrogatories to be answered in writing. And then, so you'll answer the interrogatory in writing, and then they'll they'll depose you, and then they'll ask the same questions again. You know, uh, they'll ask the same many of them again, and and that's what they're that's exactly what they're trying to do. And when you look at the questions that they sent them, you know, if done right, they will be short questions like that. Yeah. So anyway, when did you inca- you know, we're, yeah. we're getting we're getting way off. Like the the point was like there has been very little new. We're off at a tangent, really? Us? Yeah, I know who. Really. Uh, but the the point was that there was very little new that came out this week, and the only one I could really remember is a lot more detail about the pressure that Cassidy Hutchinson was under. It wasn't just the lawyer saying what I was what we were just talking about. It was also other people calling and saying, "Hey, you're a team player, right?" You, we know you're going to do great. You're going to do the right thing for the team. You know, any Trump calls? Because we know he called a lot of people to tell him to fuck. We, we didn't. Nothing more definitive than we've had before. Just these sort of like, you know, okay. say the right thing and we'll take care of you kind of statements. There, there's, you know, and, and there's a question of whether, you know, whether DOJ could go after some of those for witness intimidation or whatever. But, you know, uh, so, but that was really the only new stuff. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Like, of course, there's tons of new stuff, but it's all new details into a story that we've known the the big parts of, some of which we've known since January 6th, and the rest of which we've known since the hearings over the summer. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it it's kind of... It's kind of one of those disappointing endings. It's like you know they had to wrap it up, but there's no nothing really new. We learned we learned all the stuff before. It's just sort of wrapping up the loose ends and stuff like that. DOJ baby. So now it's all in DOJ's hands. There you go. What's his name? Jim Smith. Yep. 
Jim Smith. Uh, John Jack Jack Smith, right? Isn't it John Jack? Smith? I don't think it's Jack. I think we made fun. Of it's this, Jack Smith. You know, it's like they get. It's Jack Smith. It's, it is Jack. I just looked sure. at her. It is Jack Smith. Okay, all right. Jack. Ah, Jack. John. Whatever. <laughs> um. I mean, what what is Jack short for? I'm trying to look up Jack is Smith. I mean, lawyer. Uh, well, yeah. It's not Jackson. No, this five. is this it's is not a the Jackson di- five. This is a different guy. Wait. Uh I, I think he definitely is different than the Jackson five. Oh no, this is him. Oh. Uh, his full name, you're right, John L. Smith. I told so you. He is John John Smith, Smith. But he goes by Jack. He goes by- I don't understand. Yeah, but I, I don't this is the one thing. How is Jack short for John? They have the same number of letters. It doesn't make any sense. You know, you you ask the hard questions, Yvonne. Who the hell came up with this shit? So anyway, all this is all in the DOJ's hands now. Oh, yeah. What's your name? Don't John. Don't call me Jack short. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. We got a couple more things to cover and we're already. Yeah. Yeah, we we're do. already at about two hours. Okay, um, okay. the right. the no, the finance committee re- decided to release Trump's taxes as well, but they're not out yet because they're still re- redacting them or something, and that's going to take them a while. And blah blah blah. I don't know. Well, one thing is, I-, I will say this flat out: I'm not going to be able to really make an assessment uh, out of anything related. I saw the summaries. I did read through. They, the, they released a couple uh, of documents talking about the, the concerns with the taxes. Yeah, I need the schedules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, until I, I saw the summaries, the I numbers, but it doesn't tell me shit. That's part of I what need they're the going to release, schedules. right? Or are they not? Um, yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. So uh, once I see the schedules, then I can. You're gonna dig in. Have a better uh, uh assessment. Yeah, I, I I will I will. Now these I'll are expected to be out within days. days. Um. You know, I, you know, they should have yeah. prepared this before they even had the vote about releasing it, to be honest. Like, there's no like they could prepare it in advance, assuming a positive vote. Even and, and if if they don't vote yes, then they don't release it. But like the, the fact that they didn't even start the redactions until after they voted to do the release just seems stupid to me. But I don't know because they, they've had them for a while now. Um, but. Okay, they're they're doing the re- and and how many days does it take? I mean, I know these are big, voluminous tax returns. I heard it was going to be the twenty sixth. There, these are going to yeah. be available on that, the twenty sixth. That That's sounds about right. Um, so we'll talk about them more. But I think this is also another case where we know the outlines of what's been going on with his taxes. We've had older tax returns have been released. These are ones from during the presidency. Um, and a little bit before the presidency. Uh, but we kind of know what Trump's been up to, right? I mean, we had all those articles in the New York Times about what he's been doing ever since the 70s. Do we expect anything dramatically different out of this set? I don't think so, right? I I, I really, the, the one thing is that what I want to see is how his businesses were performing operationally during the 
his presidency. Because one of the things that he showed is that he actually made a lot, his profits Hmm. went up during president. And so I wanted to see revenue and costs related to his different properties more directly. Because it's one of the, what we, what we came to, what we were talking about related to, hey, uh, are these people just booking, you know, crazy amount of hotels nights at certain places because we just, we, you know, we have information that l- leads you to believe that, that they were right. paying him off in that way. And we also have information about revenues being generated out of properties. I just wanted to see more in detail what the revenue impacts were there and how much profitability he was able to derive. But the other thing is all these write-offs and losses, I want to see what the source of them are their depreciation. Are they accumulated expenses over years from holding a property that then they 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 hadn't rented off the loss and then re- wrote it off? I, I just wanted to see what the hell um, were all these write-offs mm-hmm. uh, related to. Um, so until I see the schedules, I, I I can't you know give a good assessment. But I I do promise that these I will dig through these. Okay, I will definitely dig through these and. Okay, and the other thing related to taxes that uh, the committee made a big deal about because it was sort of their excuse for looking at them in the first place was that ever since Nixon, there's been a mandatory audit of any incumbent president. Uh, So every year, every president has been off in office ever since Nixon. There's been an automatic audit of every tax return. And apparently... For the first couple years of Trump's presidency, that just wasn't happening for some reason. Who knows? Who knows? They started looking at him for the first time once Congress started asking about it in 2019. Ah, nothing to see here. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah, nothing to see here. And, 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 you know, and this should have been completely automatic. Should have just All on the up and up. Everything is fine. Now, we also did find out that they had so few people to the to do this that they had like only like one guy, basically. Yeah. It was one guy's job to do this. Yeah. 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 And given the complexity of Trump's stuff, that one guy would have had issues anyway. Right. But apparently that one guy wasn't doing it at all for two years. Right. I don't know if they had him doing other stuff or whether he was just sitting up with his feet on a desk watching TV for two years. Uh, I, I believe he's supposed he, he was in charge of those types of audits. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't like in charge of just auditing the president. He was just in charge of, you know, just <laughs> hey, those types. I, of I, I just want to imagine the guy sitting up watching TV, you know, scrolling Twitter. Yeah, not look, doing a it, damn thing. If it's a modern thing, you know, in modern times, yeah, that's what he would be doing. If it was like back in the old days when they, I, I, I sat in a government office in Puerto Rico tr- waiting to get oh, approval no, of the document. Oh, no, back in 1022 when we were kids, Yvonne. Back yeah. in 1022. They, they they were like, you know, they were like, you know, bringing the, 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 the scrolls, the, the scrolls and the, and the buckets of water upstairs, you know. That's what they were doing, carrying them up the stairs. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, two more quickies. Uh, one, Congress finished up. They passed the big omnibus, $1.7 trillion, whatever it was, blah, blah, blah. How long does this fund for? Does it fund for a year? I thought it was for a year. For a year. So we got a, a year until we have more drama. 
Uh, you know, and of course we're going to have drama in a year because we're going to have the Republicans in complete some disarray. Some made some incorrect assumptions about this omnibus uh, spending bill um, because I, I don't believe this did not include the defense authorization. That that was passed separately a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, I know, but I, I think it was somebody that should have known. I think it was like Robert Reich or somebody made a comment. Oh my God, we passed one point seven. Uh, trillion and you know with 800 you know when it includes 850 million of defense spending and I'm like uh, I don't think so I think that was separate um, so yeah anyway what it did include however uh, which is significant is it included the electoral count act reforms ah oh great and so the those have been passed and they're waiting for Biden's signature as we record this show. And he will be signing this. There's no question about that. And so that basically take, took a bunch of the shenanigans that the Republicans tried to do on January 6th and makes them impossible. There you go. So look at that. You know, so like, for instance, it says explicitly so that there's no doubt whatsoever that the vice president's role is purely ceremonial and he has no decision-making power whatsoever. There you go. Example number one. Number two, in order to have one of these objections that the Congress has to consider and figure out whether they want to reject some electoral votes, instead of just requiring one person from the House and one person to the Senate, they require some substantial fraction. I forget exactly what the fraction is, but some substantial fraction of both bodies to agree that it needs to be looked into. It's not a majority. It's a, I forget. It's like 20%. I forget. But, but it's a substantial number. So you can't just have you know, one or two jackasses, you know, doing this, you know, you have to have a significant chunk. Uh, now there may well, you know, if you count the number of Republicans who voted for this shit last time around on January 6th or 7th, as it got delayed, um, you may have had enough, but it makes it a lot harder. It makes it a lot harder. Yeah. It makes it a lot harder than it used to be. Um, and that's just to get it to be debated. You still have to like pass it. Like in order to actually reject any electoral votes. Also, it made it explicit and clear that the only electoral votes to be considered are the ones that are certified by the governor of each state or another official specified by state law. But it has to be like it it has to be that whoever the official is who's supposed to do it has to have signed it and transmitted it. Some you can't just have a bunch of alternate electors meet and decide to send in another official form that won't count. So there are a bunch of stuff like that. I think those were the big ones, but that got included in omnibus. And so I I did not pay attention to that part. I I had, I have to admit that I was paying a lot of attention to the changes in retirement um, accounts, which is a huge amount of them. Yeah. This was actually explicitly pointed out that the people working on this, intentionally tried to keep it low key. There were Democrats and Republicans working together on the Electoral Count Act reform. And they very much tried to do so quietly. And they slipped it into this bill relatively quietly. I mean, I did hear about it paying, you know, because I was 
paying attention and looking for it. But very specifically, it did not get on the radar of MAGA world where they started making a big fucking deal out of it. Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene apparently voted by proxy and was, uh, which she apparently had tried to uh, pass a, a, she had tried to pass a bill banning it. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And was uh, heading to Costa Rica. So she basically uh, on vacation. So she didn't give a shit. And she was flying first class. I'm going to say that my congressman, Louise Frankel, I once flew to DC uh, on the same flight she was in. She was sitting right beside me in coach. Mm -hmm. And she's been in Congress a lot longer than this psychopath. Anyway, that was the important part of that bill. I I mean, I've that's uh, unfortunately they didn't do anything like kick the debt limit down the road or anything like that, but at least they got this electoral count act thing done. It's a big deal. Well, that's a lot. It's still a lot. I mean, you know, um, I, I, I think I, I, I'm going to reiterate something I said uh, earlier. Um, I mean, Joe Biden's administration, the legislative ac- accomplish- accomplishments that they've done have been, wow. That I, I mean, wow. People are starting to do the FDR comparisons again. I mean, oh, damn it, man. That, I mean, wow. That may be slightly overblown, but he's actually like, you know. Jesus. Everybody poop, everybody, including me, poo-pooed the whole. Including like, you, jo- yes. Including me, poo-pooed the idea that, oh, Joe Biden is going to be able to get a lot of stuff done because he knows how to get things done in the Senate and he'll do bipartisan things and he'll get the Republicans to cooperate on X, Y, Z. And the Republicans haven't necessarily wanted to cooperate on, but but on a few key things, he's gotten enough Republicans to get the shit done. Yeah. He's done a few things on reconciliation, he which passed didn't the gun any- bill, even if it wasn't like, you know, yeah. what all it, we it, wanted. It was it, it was it one was that more passed. than had been done in decades. Right. Okay. You know, so there's the list of accomplishments you can rattle off towards his agenda is significant. Is you know, compare it to like yeah, sure. If you compare it to the big, wide, here's everything we want stuff that was being talked about in early 2001, okay, no. <laughs> you know, you got maybe 20 or 30% of that max, probably less. But if you compare it to what... Compared to Donald J. Trump. Compared to Donald Trump or, frankly, even compared to Obama. Obama. I yeah. mean, now, Obama got the ACA. And yep. a couple other significant. I mean, that's things. yeah, that's that's but that's pretty damn significant. But but um, Biden's list added up to quite a bit when you add up everything he's done over oh, the last yeah. two years. Oh yeah. Now I fully expect he'll get a lot less done in the next two years, but I'm not going to put him past it. I'm not going to put it past him getting something done anyway. Finding if something here or there that he can peel off enough Republicans to get something done. Um, cause they, they seem to be like the, the Republican discipline is disintegrating at the moment. They're still in their little battle about who will, you know, will, will, what's his name even get McCon- McCarthy, will McCarthy even get to be speaker? Cause it's still, he need there are five people who've said no to him. He needs to peel off one of those five. And so far they've been holding steady. Now 
you know, and even if the, he gets them, which he probably will be able to peel off one, he'll I, give them something or other than one. I mean, I you know, look, I, well, I, save I, that for the prediction show, yeah. save that for the prediction show next week. But regardless, the Republicans are going to be a shit show for the next two years. Um, and, uh, so maybe in that environment, Biden will manage to push one or two more things through. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the way, uh, another thing, gas is uh, down. Price keeps falling. Yeah, yep. we're, we're at, uh, we've been falling for many straight weeks. Uh, right now, uh, regular unleaded is under $3. The the nationwide average. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still over 3 where we are, but it's definitely down from where it was. I was near, but, uh, so one thing like over here for whatever reason, the closer to Port uh, Everglades uh, I am, the cheaper the gas is. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure why but it's like i mean you, it, it's just amazing like so i was near there uh earlier tonight and i, I mean regular let it at this gas station uh 265 mm-hmm. it's like wow damn so, okay one last thing Zelensky visited gave a speech to congress he did pretty good um i i, I mean i really liked the speech i i i like the visit um I thought that uh, Biden getting him here in front of people um, was important. Uh, it showed support. And, you know, uh, the Republicans didn't act like jackasses. <laughs> um, well, they, they, a they lot were, of them I didn't mean, come. A lot, they, but, but there were still a, a lot of them there. A couple of them. Uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Get Gates. And uh, it was, I think it was Bobert was with yeah. him. They they were kind of acting like jackass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but what I'm saying is, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get those usual ones. But, you know, but for the most part, they were they were pretty, yeah, you know, they were pretty respectful. It, it was a it was a very good. Uh, I thought it was good. I mean, I thought it was really good. Um, yeah. And by the way, it, it's like we didn't. Obviously, you're never going to get all of those, but you got a good number of attendees, and yeah. uh, and it it was it was good. Now, um, and he went home with some Patriot missiles. Yeah, I mean, not literally. He didn't like carry them on his. Are you sure? Back or are something. you sure he didn't? <laughs> maybe they did. I mean, maybe maybe they put him on <laughs> the same plane that they took him over there, and then they put him on the maybe. same train, and they got him. Maybe, maybe, yeah, uh, so it's possible. And, and, you know, some, someone pointed out like, you know, oh, Patriots only like it'll cover like one city. It's not going to cover the whole country. And, but you could you could protect Kiev like that's nothing. <laughs> you know, Kiev has been hit continuously. So having something like that would be helpful. Yeah. But apparently already, even without the Patriots, they're apparently intercepting some 80, 90 percent of what the Russians throw right. at them, which is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, but uh, upping that even further, obviously. Uh, would help their situation. I think a, 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 what a lot of people are talking about now is the the debate where obviously Zelensky is still of a mind that his end goal is Russians completely out of the fucking country. Listen, like it, inclu- it's not, including Crimea. It's not Zelensky. I just saw on on Mastodon uh, on one of the feeds I'm following this poll of Ukrainians mm-hmm. that showed oh, that. Yeah. 80% of them are unwilling right now to give any concessions to Russia. Right. I mean, 8-0. Yeah. And you can completely understand that given 
what they found in the areas the Russians took over and then right. left again. Right. After they got pushed out, so, all the atrocities, everything else. So it's not like they are, how do I say, uh, as the war has dragged on and the winter's been hard and, you know, they've been getting bombed, like they have, uh, you know, softened their stance. If anything, it's the opposite. Right. Well, I, I, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, uh, after seeing what the Russians did in occupied areas, the idea that you could sign a deal to let them keep territory seems harder and harder to swallow. Yeah, completely like you unpalatable. Know? Yeah. Especially in an environment where the Ukrainians have been pushing back the Russians, have been uh, able to attack into Russia itself, etc. And the question is, how far is the US and Western Europe going to go to support that? Uh, especially, you know, with Republicans taking over the House, etc. And Europeans getting a little bit antsy, as they tend to sometimes, uh, about how far to go. You know, and, and because actually pushing back and like, for example, Ukraine trying to take back Crimea after it having been occupied, not just since February, but for years and years and years, uh, whether worrying about that sort of quote unquote, pushing Russia over the edge in some way. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I mean, at this point, Russia seems so weak. It, it seems like, if if Ukraine feels like can, they can do that, let them. Yeah, I know. You know, um, I, I mean, fundamentally though, I mean, just just in a in the sense of giving, not being all imperialistic about this, it's really not our choice. It's really not Europe's choice. This is up to Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. But where it is our choice, and whether where it is Europe's choice, what support is. You is what's what level of support we give them. But I feel like, you know, if, if all I know is if, if we end up in a scenario where Ukraine is in a position that they could take back 100% of their territory and push the Russians back and they were in the process of committing to it. And then we yank support out from under them. That is not going to go over well. No, I, I don't think it's going to happen right now. But what, one thing um, additional on, on Zelensky, there, there was an article in New York Times that I shared on our timeline recently that, uh, Jesus, article. On the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack? On the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, yes. Um, I mean, this was is basically half a book. It was, I, I mean, I spent, it took me hours to read it. It's a close to 20,000 word article on a detailed description of what happened leading to the war, the situation mm. on the Russian side and our side, et cetera. It, it was just a very, very in-depth. Uh, I, I think I clicked through it and read the beginning and then realized how long it was and stopped. I, I, I did. I did read it uh, completely. Um, and uh, yeah, it's called Putin's War: The Inside Story of a Catastrophe. It is if you you need to set aside at least an hour 
plus to read this. Okay. It's not a quick read at all. Um, but, uh, look, the main thing that it shows is just the absolute joke that the Russian ground forces are, um, through Russians themselves explaining, um, what the forces outside the small group of elite people, what the hell they really have equipment training wise and so forth and so on. How basically, um, a lot of the money was just stolen, uh, for a lot of this stuff. And so these people are just, you know, they, they know they're being sent out there as cannon fodder. They're using like tactics that go back to world war two and how, you know, it's what I observed early in the war. It's like, I mean, they're Ukrainians with nimble tactics and modern weapons were just picking them off one by one and they were unable to adapt or do anything um, to do it because they just, they, 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 they didn't have supplies. They didn't have food. They had outdated equipment. They had, it was just, it was just a shit show of epic proportions. And, I know they've been hearing, well, they're preparing for another offensive or whatever. With what? That was like apparently their first line mm-hmm. of the good shit that they had. What are they going to send them in with now? You already sent the good soldiers in. I mean, that's usually what you do. You send the trained troops. Then you pulled out the reservists. Then you drafted people. What the hell are you? You're not sending uh, an elite military force in there to do anything. Right now, there's it's just cannon fodder. Uh, and the one thing that a lot of Russians know and are not willing to admit is that, um, yeah, the, he's just sentencing them to death to go out there and he's just going to, he doesn't care about how many of them they die. So, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a very good read. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to really get it, it goes in depth in terms of the Ukrainian side, the Russian side. It goes a lot on the Russian side with a lot of information that was gathered from intelligence, um, yeah, from sources deep inside Russia, and and, and to what the thinking, especially what thinking led Putin to get to that point, um, and how it shocked everybody as well that was around him. How so many of them around the circle just didn't even know it started that they were like, what? Right. Wait, what? We're at war? What? So, anyway. All right. Okay. Okay. That's it, I think. Um, So let's wrap this sucker up. Do, do, do. Once again, Sam forgot. So once again, I am here to do it. The curmudgeons want your suggestions for things they should predict about 2023. Remember, these need to be things confined to the year 2023 which will be knowable when they evaluate the predictions in the first week of 2024. Other than that, go wild. The address for the shared Google Doc is tinyurl.com slash 2023ccpred. That's tinyurl.com slash 2023ccpred. You don't need me to spell it again, do you? Didn't think so. By the time most of you listen to this show, There will only be a few days left before Sam and Ivan record the predictions show. So get your ideas on that Google Doc now. And remember to sign your suggestions so they can credit you. Thank you very much.
Do, do, do. First of all, go to uh, curmudgeons-corner.com to look at our archives and find out all the ways to contact us. And you know what? Before I put this episode out, I will replace our Twitter links with Mastodon links. Yes. Why why not? It's the time to do it. Uh, And uh, so you can find our Mastodons on on curmudgeons-corner.com as well as Facebook. I guess we'll leave that on there for now. Yeah, and that's fine. Face and our email and, you know, all, yeah. all that stuff's on there. And if you really like the show, you can go to our Patreon, which is also linked from there. And you can donate cash money to help with the expenses of the show, uh, which at this point, by the way, are negative. We lose money on every show we put out. Uh, Wait, what are you out. talking about? I... So I used up all the money on faking that moon landing again? You, you used up all the money. It's all gone. I'm sorry. Yeah. You had more. Okay. All right. Well, I won't fake any more moon landings. <sighs> Man. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, we're not losing tons of money. It's it's a hobby. What can you say? But but if you'd like to help with the expenses of a show, please uh, donate on Patreon at various levels. We will mention you on the show. We will send you a postcard. We will send you a mug. All of that kind of stuff. And at $2 a month or more, or if you contact us in any of those other ways, uh, especially yeah, if, if there's anybody who contacts us on Mastodon about this, uh, w- you know, we would love that. Uh, and we will invite you to our Convergence Core Slack, where Yvonne and I and a few of our listeners are sharing links and chatting throughout the week. So Yvonne, we're really late. So one thing and one quick thing that was on the Slack that we have not talked about on the show. Uh some lady called Stephanie Matto uh, was in some show called 90 Day Fiance. And okay. speaking of us not being able to make money on I, shit. I don't even remember uh, this link, so I must have just uh, missed this one. Go ahead. I, 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 uh, uh, yeah. Uh, um, back at it. Stephanie Matto is continuing her popular fart selling business following hey, recent. No, 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 no. God damn it. Business following her recent health scare. Shipping out just in time for Christmas. Thousand dollar fart filled ornaments for your so wait, she, she, she farts into an ornament yes, and like caps yes, it off or something? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, you're now I, I suspect quarter. I suspect uh, part of this uh, is that she's like a celebrity on a TV show. She's so it's somewhat known in some way. Yeah, but she's not exactly like some massive celebrity. No, I've no. never heard of her. No, exactly. No, it's not like you're getting Britney Spears farts. OK, or something. I don't think I want those either. I don't want those either. But apparently people are paying. Substantial amount of money. In order to get these. Matto's business ventures first made headlines last year when she revealed in a YouTube video that she had made more than $100,000 by bottling up her farts and selling them to paying customers. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I, I, and I, on that note... I don't know what to say. Like we will, you know, every time I think my opinion of people can't get lower. (laughs) 
what are you people thinking? Not not the person's like if I could sell them, I would fucking too. Okay, but, but the people buying them, buying them, what what is wrong with you? Come on, at, at least like okay, you, you buy an autograph. Okay, you you pay them on cam, you pay them on cameo to do a little video saying hello. Okay, I I, yeah, okay. I get that. Yeah. I get that for a celebrity. Okay, fine. Maybe even like memorabilia like a costume they wore on the show or something like i don't i don't know but like this ah okay we we are we are so done and any and yvonne just for the record i'm not paying for your fart (laughs) okay well that's that's a relief to know yeah so yes okay I, i guess Goodbye. Goodbye.